Using gerrymandering, voter suppression, and other nefarious tactics, the Republican Party has manipulated our electoral system to maintain as much control as possible despite being a party in the minority. Liberal Dan Radio seeks to change that, and I need your help in doing so. Liberal Dan Radio has partnered with Levelfield to help us use tools that are typically only available to big money donors. When you go to stopthecoup.liberaldan.com and make your contribution, it will encourage other voters to reach out to their legislators to pass legislation to stop gerrymandering and voter suppression and target elected officials who refuse to protect the vote. Every eligible voter should be able to cast a ballot, and that ballot should have the same power as everyone else. I can't do this alone. I need your help. So please go to stopthecoup.liberaldan.com and make your contribution today. That's stopthecoup.liberaldan.com. Stopthecoup.liberaldan.com. Political advertising paid for by Levelfield. Contributions are not tax deductible as charitable contributions. Also, if you can join us, if you have a free blogtalkradio.com account, uh, you can go sign into that free account, come to the episode page at blogtalkradio.com slash liberaldan, and you can join us in the chat room as well. And you can also come over to YouTube, youtube.liberaldan.com or youtube.com slash liberaldanradio, and you can uh, sign in with your account there, and you can go ahead and excuse me, um, join that chat room as well. And furthermore, if you're listening after the live broadcast, you can always leave your comments, questions, concerns, etc. on the show thread at liberaldan.com, facebook.com slash liberaldan or at liberaldanradio on Twitter. And also leave your comments on the YouTube thread over here on Liberaldan Radio on YouTube as well. And if you're watching this on YouTube, please remember to like this video and uh, subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so already, and share the videos with your friends. Uh, we're going to be trying to put a little more content up on YouTube soon. Uh, lots of stuff have been busy with my uh, 9 to 5 job, so I have to take care of that first because, you know, I've got to pay the bills, you know, till at least I get tons of followers and subscribers and people supporting my Patreon. If you want to support the Patreon for Liberal Day and Radio, you can go to uh, patreon.liberaldan.com or, liberal, or patreon.com slash liberaldan. And you can, uh, for as little as $3 a month, support the show. Uh, you can also buy commercial advertising as well or sponsor bits um, or, you know, sponsor the entire studios or whatever. All of those prices there on patreon.com slash liberaldan. Speaking of patrons, I want to give a shout out to uh, the host. Well, first, I want to give a shout out to Demonox, the first Liberaldan patron. My thoughts go out to him and uh, Sadie Sins. Uh, they're having some kitty issues right now. I think their kitties are in the... Uh, vet at the moment dealing with a uh, concerning issue. I don't know exactly what's going on yet, but shouts out to them, sending them all my love. Uh, also, shouts out to the other radio patrons, uh, the boy Chris, 
uh, Cesar out in California and Angie across the pond. Uh, thank you all very much. I appreciate your support. I also want to give a shout out to the host of the most Nimbus Yosh, my little brother, with the smooth sounds of the Percy podcast. We're still waiting on another episode of the Percy podcast to come around. I know he had been dealing with some Twitter drama. Uh, we have more Twitter dramas about to come around the bend, I, so to speak. Uh, we'll, we will see uh, what goes on with Twitter. We'll, we'll be discussing that. Uh, at the bottom half of the hour, uh, that and many of the issues uh, coming from uh, the month of April uh, with friend of the show, Hal Sparks, who will be joining us at 8.30 Central here on blogtalkradio.com. And on Liberal Dane Radio at YouTube, on YouTube. And uh, you can go ahead and uh, join us for that conversation as well. We should talk about several fun and serious things uh, as well. Uh, so i got a bunch of stuff to talk about, I guess, before we get to the bottom half of the hour. Um, one of the things I wanted to do is the past couple of shows, I've been rather amused. I don't necessarily want to be kicking the dead horse about this, but I've been uh, a little bit amused over the uh, the idea of what's going on with uh, this uh, guy, Cash Money, uh, from Ohio, uh, regular caller to uh, Jeff Carrera show, who that's down here in New Orleans, Louisiana. Uh, Cash Money is there, thinks of himself very important. Um, and so I had to go, went ahead and I challenged him to a to a debate on his show. Now, I don't think that's going to go very well. And I think he could probably be the one who's going to interrupt a lot. And he'll, he'll, I'll probably just expect him to just constantly interrupt because he thinks that he's more important than everybody else in the world. And uh, you'll, you've, you've, if you've listened to the show, you've seen that. And you should also... You'll see some more of that in, in these clips that I have to share as well. Because, you know, it's just kind of fun to see, you know, just poking the poking the bear, just kind of see what's going on with this guy this week. What what can I, How can I rile him up? Because it just gives you really a, just a lens into the mind and the mindset and the attitude of your typical uh, Trump supporter, somebody who is just, you know, just allowed – himself to be used allowed and and they the, the trump supporters and trump politicians who are wanting these people support have latched on to you know this level of just mania almost that they that they're taking advantage of and they're stoking those fires in those people to making them angrier and angrier and angrier and you'll see because because I, I eventually i call him out on something uh i called about between his these two calls that i have and uh, you, you'll see his his error if, if you if you know the Constitution. Uh, but let, let's go ahead and hear his first rant, and we'll 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 talk about that, and then we'll play his second rant where he tries to crawfish a little bit. And by crawfish, you know, when, when you when you kind of shoot water at a crab, crawfish as you're trying to you know kind of rinse them off before you throw them into the boil down here, we do crawfish boils. Um, they're very good. We might have one this weekend. Um, they will back away. They just back up. That's how they kind of try to escape. So that's what people refer to as crawfishing. So let's go ahead and hear the first uh, sound bite. I could have split this up, I guess, into multiple ones, but it's just a two-minute clip. So we're going to listen to that. And that guest that you had on right before you got off of Real America's Voice this morning who didn't want to blame China, he ain't going to sell no books with that attitude. Change <laughs> right. his attitude. People like that. You know, where is his intentions and what's he after? What's he gaining for pushing what he's pushing? I'm tired of this world trying to make money. We need to shut it down for a few years and focus on America. Now, what was said? I, I, I heard you say something. He wants to have an argument with me. What was said? 
Well, Liberal Dan challenged you to a debate on this uh, program, and, um, you know, uh, that was issued know earlier. It doesn't really matter to me. Uh, the people stand behind my word. He does have no clue. Most of the rules we're living by today, uh, two million people were in America in 1776 when the Constitution was written. Two million. Now we have 330 million. Probably 250 million are actual voters, uh, people that are legally allowed to vote in each and every election. And for me to have a conversation with one idiot who's drinking the water, uh, it's ridiculous. It's egotistical. It's, it's why we're where we're at. Uh, you know, the education to him is in my solution. When I have the ability to ask all 260 million of them whatever they think on any particular subject at any particular minute, and they respond, well, 200 million people at one time? Well, that's an education for an idiot moron. That'll make you shut up quick. I wonder where trans would be if we actually put it to the vote to all the people. I don't care if Nancy Pelosi's going on drag race TV on Paramount Plus. It's ridiculous, the brainwashing we're dealing with in America. You know, if you want in God we trust, take it out of the Constitution, take it out first. But until we do that, I'm not even a religious, highly religious man. But it is what we have. It is what we've all been educated. In God we trust. And there's no room for trans. In God we trust. I'm sorry. But if he wants to actually have a conversation, I don't know if we can have it on the radio because am I politically correct enough to say all the right words at the right time? But you set it up, Jeff. You know me well. You got my number on speed all dial. Right. I will. I'll talk to you in a minute. <laughs> All right, so there you go. So, so the people will stand by his word, huh? And that's what he believes. He's very, uh, he's very egotistical. <laughs> um, so, but first of all, you know, he's like, he's tired of people trying to make money. He needs to put the, they need to put the country first. He's tired of people trying to make money. If, if a liberal said this, uh, they would call him a communist. They would call him a socialist. They would attack him. They would say this. Earning money is one of the things that Americans love to do. But, you know, Jeff never called him out for saying that he's tired of people trying to earn money. You know, it's, it's bizarre. Uh, people stand by his, his word. I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm sure there's a bunch of people who agree with him. I'm sure there's a bunch of people who agree with me. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't think that he would have a majority of the people uh, responding to uh, his, his polling device or whatever he's going to go. But but the thing, you know, and also he talked about, like, trans. He brought up trans rights for whatever reason. I don't know why that was at all relevant. Maybe he's just feeling that's his, his issue of the week that he wants to pick on. But uh, rights for anybody shouldn't be left to a subject of a vote. Like, if you ask the people of the country and 75% of the country said, we don't believe that trans people should be treated equally, we don't believe that trans people should have rights, then uh, – that still shouldn't be a reason to say, okay, trans people don't get rights. That rights should be something that's, uh, in, that people have regardless of government action. Government should not have the ability uh, to trample over your rights. And usually that is something that uh, conservatives would, would love to grasp on and talk about and, and agree with, except for when it comes to things that they don't agree with, because conservatism, hypocrisy is a conservative prerequisite. Um, but and I love how it's like when, when he has the ability to ask. So this grand plan of his is, is that he's going to be asking the questions, not, not just the, the people of the United States are going to ask these questions. He thinks that he should be the one asking the questions. And, of course, if he is the one asking the questions, 
that, that that's problematic because then he is driving the narrative and no one person should be driving the narrative. Um, but when he, he called me egotistical, but he thinks he's the one that should be having the ability to ask questions. Uh, but he also called me an idiot and then said that if you want to do all of this stuff, you need to take in God we trust out of the constitution. <sighs> in God we trust that wasn't in the constitution. Not once, not at all, not ever. Those are words that have ne- never been found in the Constitution, period. Yet he, he, he wants to call me an idiot. Uh, I haven't necessarily invited him on this show. I, I, I wouldn't know how to reach out to him. It would be very hard to. I don't even know if I'd want him to be on the show. There's, there's plenty of other conservatives who I can debate on the show. But if he were to happen to find Liberal Day and Radio Talk to the left, that's right, and want to call into the show and say, hey, this is cash money, I'm angry at you, and, and we would we would have a debate, and I would I would I wouldn't immediately kick him off. Let's just put it that way. I would I would allow him to to say his piece, to have a back and forth. I probably I have a feeling that I would probably have to mute him from time to time in order for me to get an er, ed, word in edgewise. Um, but uh, you know, uh, what, what is that, Donald? It is what it is. Thank you, Donald. But the idea that he would he said that. I'm an idiot, but in God, but he is like in order to do whatever it is that we I, liberals want to do that we would have to take in God we trust out of the Constitution. Uh, it was never in there. So then the next day, mm-hmm. only one solution. We have to ask us all what we actually mm-hmm. think. They fear that the most. You think they fear the mama bears? What would they fear if the whole country actually got to chime in on their voices? Mm-hmm. And I know there's so many people, there's so many opinions, but ultimately, when you ask us all at the same time and you see 200 million respond to a positive, that, that's wisdom. That's common sense. That's the intentions of we the people. Let me get to that comment. Mm-hmm. I know that in God we trust is not in our Constitution. Sure, you know it, sure. I, I think if he got his way, and if we were able to ask the electorate of the United States of America uh, questions about certain things. Now, he's brought up stuff like, you know, Tony Fauci and whether or not we should ask the people of the country whether or not we should be hiring or firing Tony Fauci. You know, employment decisions should not be left up to a decision from the masses. Like that, that's, you know, ruling power comes from a uh, <laughs> true executive power comes from a mandate from the masses. Um, and and so, but wielding that executive power is is would be who would the person you've elected somebody to wield that executive power. Now you that that person should be able to hire and fire under the laws set forth. I.e., if you need to appoint somebody, you have to get Senate approval. But otherwise, hiring is done as is the executive branch, and then you give the president the ability to 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 hire and fire the staff that he will have. Um, the idea that hiring and firing decisions should be something that's left to uh, uh, well, we have three concurrent view- viewers. I want to shout out to y'all. Thank you so much at the moment. I'm sure we'll have more coming in. Say hi in the chat. Let me know where you're from. Also, uh, you know, please remember to like and subscribe to the channel. Uh, anyway, so if you are, uh, you know, I, I just think he's going to be very, he would be very, very surprised when, when he, the majority of America, when, when, when America's asked, what do we, should we do about, this right and then the majority of america says oh well we should enforce it and support it we shouldn't get rid of it and then he would be like oh well there must be something wrong then because that's what will happen 
<clears throat> that want to have, you know, I asked, I asked on the show, I asked, I asked Jeff and, and, and I didn't hear back from anybody else uh, yet. I was like, I was, I was just wondering, I was like, if you could have the possibility of you know, either you have an election where every single person in this country who is eligible to vote casts the ballot, does so legally. Uh, so, you know, without a shadow of a doubt, that every single person about that ballot is cast is a correct and proper one. All right. So you do that. Um, you have that choice and, and you have to deal with the results of that choice. Or your other choice is install Donald Trump as dictator for life. Of course, Jeff says, oh, I would want the election because they can't, they can't say the silent part. But in, in reality, what they're doing is they want to make it so that Trump can be, you know, in power as a minority power. You know, the Republican Party is a minority party. That's why I have the stop the coup bit that I talk about at the beginning of the show and then talk about during commercials. The stop the coup bit is all about the fact that the Republicans are trying to retain power. They're trying to hold on to power. And they're angry about it. And you can hear from that guy. You know, it's not just about my feud with this one guy. It's that this guy and how he speaks gives you insight into how a lot of them, a big chunk of them, sound. You know, it's of anger and frustration that leads to people marching the Capitol on January 6th of 2021. And we have to understand what they're doing and why they're doing it so we can deal with the problems that they cause. And is there a possibility of reaching out to any of them and, and, and reaching a, an understanding and just listening to them and be like, hey, you know, I understand that you're upset about this, but here's why we can't do this, that, and the other. You know, is there a possibility that I could, you know, that anybody, and those people could be convinced to, to change them and to calm them down, to be less angry, to understand that, that they've been lied to from their politicians. Um, you know, the joke is, you know, how do you tell when a politician is lying and when his lips are moving, but for some reason they don't want to put that same idea towards Trump. They won't, I believe that Trump is lying to them. They, they think he's just telling the truth. Really? Now, is there any way to reach out to them and get them to come on our side and, and, or at least come to a middle ground where we can have compromise and, you no, know, because that's that's what Joe Biden wanted when he was elected. He and I, and I I honestly thought that that was probably the biggest problem with Joe Biden and his uh, campaign and his ideas in his campaign was that he was far too optimistic about his chances of being able to bring this country together. Because at this point in time, I think the Republican Party leadership uh, is way so far gone. They are way too far gone uh, at this point to be able to bring them back because they're so afraid of that chunk of those angry, white, conservative men like Cash Money here. They're angry about him, and they don't, they don't want to you know, allow him to have uh, power, the power. They don't want to allow him to have the power, or they don't, they don't want to give up. They don't want to give up their power by showing that they're weak in it, because as soon as they compromise, they're a rhino. So anyway, let's go ahead and take the first commercial break. Uh, we'll come back, uh, take your calls as well. Remember, at the bottom half of the hour, we're going to be having House Sparks on the show as well. Uh, 914-803-4131. 914-803-4131. This is Liberal Band Radio. Talk to the left. That's right. 
Are you planning a trip to Disney soon? Do you want help avoiding spending mistakes and making the most of your vacation? Then check out BudgetEars.com, a new site devoted to helping you get the most mouse for your money. What kinds of tickets should you get? Is the dining plan a good deal for you? Should you stay on grounds or not? Should you buy park hoppers? Many other sites are filled with information about what other people like to do. But BudgetEars is geared to help you make the best decision for you. So check out BudgetEars.com or go to YouTube.com slash BudgetEars and help make your trip the best it can be. BudgetEars.com is not a travel agency and it is not affiliated with the Disney Corporation or any of its holdings. In a world gone mad, one progressive will do a bad movie trailer guy impression to get you to listen to his show. There's only one thing that I like better than the liberal band radio minicast. All right, Bill, that's enough of that. On the Liberal Dan Radio minicast, you will hear an honest discussion of the day's issues with some personal bits in between. You might even hear what the other side has to say, sometimes even in their own voices. So become one of the Liberal Dan family, because family means no one gets left behind or forgotten. To hear those bad impressions and more, tune into the Liberal Dan Radio minicast. Talk from the left, that's right. And I think to myself, what a wonderful show, mmm, yeah. If you enjoy Liberal Dan Radio, there's many ways that you can support the show. You can subscribe to the YouTube channel, you can like me on Facebook or follow me on Twitter or TikTok, and you can become a Liberal Dan Patreon. For as little as $3 a month, you can get a shout-out. Higher levels get the opportunity to vote on what I do next on the podcast, the minicast, or on YouTube. You can even buy commercial advertising or sponsor bits. So go to patreon.liberaldan.com and support the show today. Hey there, podcast listeners. This is Demonox, host of The World According to Knox. It's time for Season 2, where I take you on another trip through my world. The world of movies, video games, pop culture, and more. Relate them to the world around you. Don't forget to leave a question for Marscat and find me on Twitter by the handle xdemonox. Letter X like X-Men, D-E-M-I-N-O-X. Now enjoy the rest of your podcast. And welcome back to Liberal Dan Radio, Talk from the Left, That's Right. This is your host, Dan Zimmerman, coming at you from New Orleans, Louisiana. To join the conversation, it's uh, 914-803-4131, 914-803-4131. Um, at the bottom half of the hour, about seven minutes or so, we're going to have a uh, friend of the show, Hal Sparks, on. Uh, big shouts out to uh, everyone who is participating in the chat. Shadow Bell, Jeffrey, Nancy, WW157, Gail, Pam, Tazoo Mob, Cynthia from Texas. Um, Out Lady, Longhorn, Becky Carpenter, Stephanie, uh, was it Daring Eyebrow Twins? Awesome. <laughs> Thank you all for joining. And uh, uh, please remember to uh, like the show and subscribe to the channel. Uh, really appreciate it. I'm trying to help, trying to get this channel growing and uh, having a good time doing the show as well. Um, so so I, I bet to shout out to all of the people who are, list, who are new to the show, who are new to watching. Uh, hey, Tyler. Hey, Dragon. Kurt. Pam. Um, I, I do kind of two bits. I'm going to play the second bit when Hal gets on because I kind of want his his opinion on that. But another 
another bit that I do during the show is something called Words of Redneck Wisdom, where I find some horrible things that uh, conservatives say and then mock them uh, and put them to classical music. So I, I, clearly these are things that I don't agree with, uh, but here we go. Uh, here's this week's, in, actually that's last week's installment. There we go. This is this week's installment of Word. No, that's hypocrite of the week. Hold on. <laughs> I'm having problems finding my words of redneck wisdom. Uh, lovely. All right, well, we will find words of redneck wisdom in, in a second. Maybe we'll do it in a little bit. Um, last week's? I don't know. Brain fart right here. Can't seem to find my words of redneck wisdom. Is, is it this one? This is last week? I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll play, this. we'll play the last one. Love my technical And now, words of redneck wisdom, brought to you by Liberal Dan Radio. And I said this before, everybody needs to call the White House and let them know know about things. Because Abbott, instead of him uh, shipping them back to Mexico, he said, that's just publicity stuff. You know, I've seen the gaps that they're coming through, and it's not going to take you to pay your plug all that. But nobody, nobody seems to have the will to do it. So we're gonna, we're gonna, re, we're gonna reap what we sow, and that's just all there is to it. And nobody cares. You know? How big of a, how big of a danger do you think this is, Leon? It's a, it, 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 it's a, the magnitude of it is gonna be untold. That's just all there is to it, because yeah. you letting people in who are ignorant, who won't assimilate, and they do no welfare, and, uh, and, and some of them do know to get jobs at the table. And I said this before, uh, everybody needs to call their Congress people and, t- and tell them, look, or, the, or their attorney generals, generals and say, look, we want this stop. We want the remittance stops, that when they send the money back, we want and we want something done about it. And the business people, a lot of these people, I told you this before, they need to go to jail if you find out that you hired an illegal alien, lose their businesses, and have to pay back whatever they, they pay the illegal aliens there uh, to the state. And this concludes Words of Redneck Wisdom. Brought to you by Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. Now this is the same guy that I had in a bunch of clips. It must not have gotten uploaded. I don't know where the, where the where this week's video was. Uh, I do agree with the guy one thing that that if a business owner um, pays somebody you know less than the what the minimum wage is then they should be punished, whether or not that person is an undocumented worker or somebody who is a, a worker who's just getting paid, you know, illegally. Any illegal pay should be, should be a punishment on the business person. So we'll agree on that. But otherwise, yes. Uh, uh, I, I Whenever this guy calls in is Leon to this other show that I listen to, it does remind me very much of Fecus. And speaking of Fecus is uh, uh, one of uh, Hal's, uh, his voices that he does, and a lot of the people also recognize that in the chat. I was like, so apparently we, we agree, but I do want to welcome back on the show, friends of the show, uh, from Infotainment World to House Sparks, Mega Worldwide, and from Infotainment World, InfotainmentWars.com, friend of the show, House Sparks. How are you doing today, Hal? Thank you very much for coming back I'm, on the program. 
Yeah, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. Doing I'm okay? very disappointed that yeah. I didn't get to play the, the, the one from this week that for some reason couldn't find it in all my clips. Because he, he said, uh-huh. the, you know, the very classic conservative line of, I'm not racist, but, and then went on to yeah. show how he's racist. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a, you know, and, and in some cases, it's a, it's a level of racism that's so entrenched, they don't recognize it. That's what I would say, healable and forgivable, where people don't recognize that, that they may have an internalized bias, that kind of stuff. That's the kind of stuff you could talk people through. And they go, I didn't realize I was being rude to y'all. That happens in the South, in the South sometimes. What right. our biggest problem is currently, I would argue, is the Republicans who know full well they're being racist, bigoted, anti-gay, bullyish, uh, pro-Russian, whatever the, the thing is. They know they're very aware. And yet they – because they're surrounded by so many ignoramuses, they can pretend they're one of them with some level of plausible deniability. And the re- and I've said this for, yeah. since 2016, since 2016, I guess, or maybe even 2015, that ever since Donald Trump threw his hat in the ring, uh, it has emboldened those type of people to be louder, to embrace, you know, sure. things that, you know, that they didn't want to say in public way back in the day, because, Back in the day, you know, they were rightly shamed for such things, for such, for such feelings. And now they're like, well, our president can say it, so we can say it too. <laughs> yeah. Well, the interesting thing, too, is that a lot of them, if you listen to them, you know, when you hear phrases like he says what I say or what I, he says what I feel or those kind of things, the, part of what's happening is, is it's actually kind of a, in the growth arc of, of humanity – it's, it's actually not a bad thing because the reaction they're having is that they used to be able to sit at a, you know, at the corner of a diner or something and say all their awful. And the person next to them would go, yeah, totally. I'm with you, man. And now they move away or tell them to shut up or just ignore them. And they don't get the social cred that they got from that kind of behavior. And it's bizarre to them. The world, you know, it's one of these things where, and this isn't, we're not the only society this happens in. It's happening all over the world in, in different levels of society everywhere. Um, but, you know, they feel like the world has moved on without them and somehow didn't get their permission to do it. So they're, you know, Trump is this guy who was like, no, 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 you were, it was wrong of them to, um, to, you know, not listen to you. You were right. You know, I, he suddenly shows up, sits right down on, at the counter next to him and goes, I hear you, buddy. And that's all they need. What, he doesn't have to make sense. He can try and sell them a timeshare while they're sitting there. They don't mind being a, a you know, being a, a, like completely suckered at all because they're so lonely in their thought in a way that, by the way, they used to not be. They used to be surrounded by like-minded people and now they have to drive all the way across the country in a Winnebago and go to their 25th Trump rally to feel like they belong to something. Right. It's, yeah. You know, so, that's so, always impressive to me. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I have so many people come to rallies. It's the same people. Like it's the same yeah. people where, oh, you know, it's, I mean, it's, more, if you watch any of the new ones, he, he more often than not, He'll, he'll point to somebody he recognizes and then basically flinch that he was like, oh, crap, I just pointed out the fact that I'm surrounded by lunatics who are, right. you know, sycophants. Um, and, and he, like, 
said, and, and there are a couple of them, though. He's also recognizing, you know, the sort of influencer class of the people who like him. He's, he's recognizing that a lot of those people, you've got to keep them close because if they leave, they don't, they're the ones who bring four other people or, you know, who, you know, aren't these people's close friends, but they put up with their crap and they don't mind. If you're driving and buying a beer, I'm cool. So, they, right. you know, they're, they're fine with, you know, going to, you know, all right, it's Raleigh. We'll go to Charlotte and see it. You know, they're not going to drive all the way to Nevada like this person does, but they'll take the shorter road trip. And right. he knows he can't blow those people off because they're the super fans. You know, you can't right. you can't afford to treat those people badly. Now, as desperate he is as he is, I mean, completely. Um, especially because you know they know mm-hmm. that they, you know in general. I was talking earlier. The Republican Party is a minority party. I mean, they they don't have yep. the majority of the people in this country, so they have to do not at all desperately whatever they it is they can do to lie, cheat, steal, and and get you know maintain their minority rule. You know, despite the fact that you know, they, otherwise they shouldn't be able to. Right. Well, you know, that's, that's increasingly an issue that they have no question because uh, if, if you look at what's their primary problem this fall, Donald Trump has driven the Republican party away from voting. He spends every day telling them that the voter, the voting is rigged, that we won't, we don't even really have a country anymore that, uh, you know, and that, unless you put these MAGA primary people in, and by the way, a lot of them are going to lose the primaries, which is going to reinforce this rigged mentality that they have because, and, and, and if they do win the primary because it's all front loaded by the same, you know, jackasses that, um, you know, have been following him around the country, they're never going to win in the general They're You know, it's, you know, we have purity test issues on our side as well. And the reality is, is that, you know, Bernie Sanders, bless his heart, for all the, you know, the positive nature of his ideals, has a 30% ceiling in the country. End of story. There is no situation, just like Ron Paul. Ron Paul has an incredibly virulent support group. Right. Oh, we lost. Hal just dropped. I don't know why Hal just dropped. So, un- unfortunately, uh, he, he's, well, hopefully we'll get him back soon. Um you know, I guess maybe he went through a bad sell or something. So that's why, uh, that's why uh, Hal dropped off the call. Um, so we're going to, we're going to, I was going to play Hal hypocritically. We'll wait, we'll wait a second on that as well. Um, oh, there we go. Hal's back. Sorry. Uh, yes, I lost you. Sorry. I was uh, uh, um, stuttering. John called in and, and then my phone freaked <laughs> out um, because Baba I forgot Bowie. to put on do not disturb as you do. Right. Um, nice. So what I was what I was saying essentially was that the, you know not only the Republicans a dwindling party as far as population and group, um, but the reality is is that even the voters they have which are splintered and divisive. I mean, watch like I just did a clip on my show at infotainmentwars.com uh, tonight. My, the last clip I did was Matt Gates on Tucker Carlson, and a hundred percent of the time they were attacking Kevin McCarthy, other Republic, Republicans. You know, um, the, you know, not sufficiently America first crowd, um, you know, it's all like that MAGA or nothing. And so they have, you know, as much as we have our, you know, our folks that, you know, want to just turn blue districts bluer and don't understand that the mansions of the world have to exist or you're a minority party in the world. 
you know, we, those are fewer in the Democratic Party because there's a lot more pragmatists. I mean, we can right. afford to have pragmatists. And you can argue that's how Biden got elected because he, he attracted independent pragmatists. He's got the Democratic pragmatists, and everybody else knows that the alternative is a minority party full of lunatics. And, that's, and when you're an adult, as I often say, one of our primary sparksisms is if you are ever cons- you know, confronted with a, a decision that is the, you know, between the lesser of two evils, always choose less evil. Right. The only adult thing to do, if you, you're like, well, I could choose. No, no, no. If one of these things is going to be the resulting win, then, then that's it. You, you choose the less evil of the two. Because that's what you do when you have children, adults, pets you care about, grandparents who might lose their Social Security. I mean, Rick Scott literally put out this plan that they're going to sunset every law on the books every five years, basically to guarantee they can stop any law they want because they believe in this rotating cycle of administration. They're counting on the, you know, the alternating midterms to get them uh, you know, in a position where they can just filibuster or flatline any law they don't like. Violence Against Women Act, out. Um, are the tax code, gone. Start from scratch. The, uh, and, and they won't allow it to move forward, so you bankrupt the country. Right. Everything but the, you know, but the military. And then ultimately, Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, any welfare program that they don't like, they – allow it to sunset while they're in charge, and if they lose power, they protect themselves by, um, by basically filibustering it or, or doing an anonymous hold when they're in. It's that simple. I mean, that's the plan for the, the ultimate destruction of every legal protection we have uh, in, in every aspect of the country. This is who they are. This is not, they're not messing around anymore because they can't. They have to be extreme or they won't get to the front. They're like the Kardashians of politics. Unless it's flashy and, and pornographic, nobody's going to pay any attention because there's no substance. And, and the Democrats might wrestle with tactical responses to a substantive question, but that's, that's what adults do. Yeah. I'm rolling back a little bit to the point you made about like Bernie for like on, on the people on the left or, you know, Bernie, yeah. the part of, I think his, his issues and, and they happened in 2016 and 2020 uh, was that, right. you know, he, he, he didn't camp in the South. I live in Louisiana. So I saw some people who were like, yeah, I love Bernie. Right. Um, and I, I've been sharing stuff from Bernie Sanders for uh, forever because yeah. I like some of the things that he says. And when he says it, I, sure. I share it. Cause Hey, you know, I, back, back when he had a 4% name recognition, uh, I was one of those people who was like, yeah, I know him. He's a good guy. You know, he, he, he talks about yeah. some good things and he makes a lot of great points. Uh, but back, back right. in 2016, his biggest unforced error was he didn't pay attention to how Barack Obama defeated Hillary Clinton in the primaries. Because right. when Barack Obama, 2008, ran against Hillary Clinton, he started winning all of the Southern delegates. And at the first, I was like, why is he focusing on Southern states? He, he's never going to win those states. So why is he focusing on them? Reason is, is because a delegate in the South is worth the same thing as a delegate in the North. And so he That's scooped right. up all of these votes. Um, and not only did he scoop up all those votes, but it may have helped him do things like win North Carolina, something that I never expected him to do. Um, so right. here's, a, here's a playbook written by Barack Obama on how to, how to defeat Hillary Clinton in a primary. And Bernie Sanders goes, 
nah, nah, I'm fine. You know, the, the Democrats in the South are, are, are Southern Democrats, and so they're conservatives. I'm, and I'm like, no, right. there's a, a huge well, that's the, voting here's the block. Problem, of, here's, right. Here's the issue that he has, though, is that if he courts those people, he loses his base because it's a purist base. Barack Obama didn't have that problem. He, people but, did, well, no, the, the going problem, after him. A big chunk of the Southern Democratic Party are black voters, though. So if he if he could have just simply right, have gone out not, and like explained, yeah, if they he could have simply explained to them how his policies would affect them and like, no, you know, he he's kind of like a rising tide raises all ships things, and they're like, yeah, but that still means if we're anchored, we're no. going to get sunk. And he didn't explain to them why. That, that's. That voting block leans more conservative than some of the the other ones. It's why, you know, it's one of the reasons why Biden got that vote, because they are realists and pragmatists. They are not pie in the sky. There are activists, you know, like people like Nina Turner and other places, people like that, but they are absolutely not the base of the black vote, especially in the South. They've been through too much stuff to try stuff that's, you know, untested or, you know, any of that they are going for the wins they can count on and that's why they pick who they pick a lot of times they really do and so bernie was never going to win those people over it it won't happen and unless it's a tested program and they like they set up his version of doing it in new york state and he he was governor of new york state an enormous money-making state that they could trust and then he was like i'm going to do that with the country maybe there'd be a case for that but it's uh, but I'm telling you that you're talking about a 30 percent. It's the same. It's the same human beings with a liberal bent as opposed to a conservative bent that go for Ron Paul. It's you know, if, if you know, Ron Paul supporters who believe in Social Security are Bernie supporters, essentially. And, <laughs> but, and, but what, and but the ones who did. don't. But, but, but when yeah. he did like try to explain why he didn't go out to the, the Southern Democratic some right. of the Democrats, and they were like, they're all like, he basically called everyone in the South who's a Democrat a Dixiecrat, and and a lot of the the elected black officials right. were like, nope, sorry, you've just lost us, and then he never did anything, yeah. and he he tried to do the same thing in 2020 and well, expect a different results, and all the Bernie exactly. supporters were like, why can't you support Bernie? I was like, if he if he wins the primary, sure, I'll support him, but he has to win the primary, and it, he can't right. because he's not doing what he needs to do. It's an unforced error well, on his part, in my mind. And, right. and if, you're gonna, and again, if, if you that, can't figure out how to do that, you're not going to figure out how to win the general election. Yeah, right. And, and that's where the 30% ceiling comes from, because convincing people of greater ideas takes more, you know, it's, uh, you know great claims take, uh, you know, great evidence. And, and a lot of people t- take a lot more convincing in those areas. Um, so um, you, you have to be aware of that. There's no shame in it. You just have to be willing to explain your program 40 times. Like when I tell a joke, when I'm on tour in certain parts of the country, the premise is self-evident, right? right? It's, I'm a, you know, I'm a, like, but in some areas, I got to teach them history for them to even get the premise. And, 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 and some audiences will resent somebody being too clever for them. It happens all the time. It's a very natural part of, you know, of regional comedy, right? You just have to right. deal with it. And if you're, and if uh, the problem is, is if you may, you, you've got to be willing to put that talk time in terms of the people you're talking to. I have to shape the, I don't change the punchline. I don't change the ethic or the meaning or the moral of the joke, but I will change the languaging of it so that the audience I am talking to gets it. 
because right. when in France, speak French. And that's, you know, oui. and that's one of the things that, yes, and that's one of the problems that, that Bernie has, unfortunately, is that, that that's seen as a betrayal by the hardcore supporters. And without the hardcores, because they're the essence of that 30%, he goes nowhere. And, if, and they will turn tail faster than any group in the world. They are disloyal, unreliable, and often either puritanical or petty. And they are, you know, it's like courting Quakers, man. You cannot, <laughs> you, you, you can't step off the res or you're done for. They might as well be Amish in their attitude towards, you know, people's, not just their programs, but how they communicate the program. That's the essence. It isn't that he's got the wrong programs and that he couldn't find a way to communicate them to the, you know, the country as a whole. And eventually somebody, him or somebody else, couldn't bring those things across the finish line. But the fact that his supporters won't hear of it a lot of times if you try to craft the message so it's understood by other people, which they see as watering it down, gets them in a lot of trouble. Nina Turner's ads in in Cleveland, you know, I have family there. So I was there mm-hmm. when she was running last time. Her ads looked more centrist establishment than anybody else's. She tried this. The problem is she didn't try it on the stump. Her team built those ads. and that, But when she was questioned on the stump, she could not be a purist. And so she, you know, she pulled with one hand and pushed with two. And that's, you know, that's where she ran dry. That was the end of it. And that's, you know, that's, and that'll always be the issue that, that he's going to have. As long as his, as, as long as Bernie's supporters insist on um, linguistic purity or some sort of puritanical view of the, of how you describe operate or tactically put forward the programs, it'll, it'll, it'll stop a greater uh, crowd of people from uh, appreciating the ideas. And it will, you know, as far as the general electorate, and it will it will absolutely capsize um, the the general um, you know or the uh, his internal group that keeps him afloat. Right. It's just the reality. That's it's thing. Just a, it, and it's all it's all communication and 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 the respect for like you know the irony that it, we talk about diversity in in you know in, in the country right now and and I think it's a, a great thing that um, that we need more of, but. Um, what I see in the extremes of both parties, I would not say both sides do it, but I would say the radicals on both sides do it, is mm-hmm. their version of diversity is find someone that thinks like you think already that looks like you, uh, looks different than you. So they right. look, you know, find, find a person of color that sounds like you. That's not diversity. That's not listening and hearing and expanding the acceptability of programs and stuff like that, that, you know, that's, that's just creating an echo chamber of Benetton. Right. Now, one of the, one thing yeah. with, with the extremists though, like one of the other things that I found, and especially during this last election yeah. was, you know, you had like, they're so stuck on like the things that they, want. they don't understand that what they might get is so close to what they want. The difference is negligible. Like for example, you know, I'd be fine with the care for all, um, but if you yeah. look at Biden's plan, you know, wh- where you have, uh, you know, a public where, where he wants to have a public option where, you know, you pay in with your with your tax dollars and you you, you offset what you pay via uh, your tax code. And, you know, so so it almost ends up being the same thing. But because 
It's not, right. quote, Medicare for all. It's a problem. And they're like, Correct. well, why won't Biden support Medicare for all instead of this, his public option? I'm like, because if you look at the polling data, his plan polls better than Medicare for all. Yeah. That they'll be like, well, yeah. Medicare, all, Medicare for all polls great. I'm like, yes, it does. But the Biden plan polls even better. Why the hell right. would Joe Biden endorse change from his plan that polls better to a plan that doesn't at poll 90%. as well? Yeah. Right, to something that polls at 70%. And then if you tell people that Medicare for all eliminates private insurance, which it does, that's the single biggest difference materially between other variations, is that you, you don't get Medicare for all and maintain private insurance. If you tell people that, it drops to 20%. Right. The assumption is, for a lot of people, that Medicare for all means a buy-in like single payer. You can buy into Medicare. That's what they think. Everybody can right. get it if they're poor. Everybody can get it if they're, uh, you know, if they're elderly. But if you want to buy into it as, a, you know, as an insurance plan, you can buy into it. That's what a lot of people in those, in those polls specifically that everybody cites, that's what they think. Whether, you know, and it's not their fault that they think that. It's, it might not even be the fault of Bernie and the Medicare for all crowd. But that's what they think. And if it's wrong, you have to correct them. Otherwise, but they don't because they, they benefit from the false assumption from the polling. That poll gives them a lot of wiggle room in the conversation. My idea polls it, you know, almost two-thirds of the country or almost three-quarters of the country supports it, right? Um, right, until you're honest about it, and then it polls less than one-fifth, and, and, and then you're dead, right? If you're selling any of this stuff, you know, you, it's a long walk uphill. All this stuff is. Look how hard it was to get the ACA done, and all Biden wants to do is put in a single payer, which, by the way, is both the thing that polls at 90% and the thing that polls at 70%. <laughs> Right. It's, it's, and it's and the other thing, too, the whole, the, the whole difficulty that it was to pass the ACA, and I covered that. I, did a, I had a short, very short yeah. live with a friend of mine radio show where I did things. Like, you know, I went, to, I went to a tea party rally and was trying to interview people, and I had this older woman right. like, you know, you know, you know don't take, I don't want government putting its hands on my Medicare. I'm like, what? Right. <laughs> government is Medicare. Yeah. Uh, and then, oh, then yeah. Mad, like, madness. But recently, like there was a bunch of you know people who were like, well, why didn't they do X and Z when they had two years to do so between 20, 20, 2009 and when um, Scott Brown took office? And I'm like, you don't understand when all this stuff happened. Like, um, uh, comedian from SNL that was the North Dakota senator that I'm blanking on. <sighs> you know, you know what I'm talking about. I think so. Yeah. Um, um, he, well, he he, right. he didn't even get put into office, you know, because there was a problem right. oh, with Al his. Frank, you're thinking Al, Al Franken? Franken? Yeah, Al Franken didn't even get to office. I think some lie. You know, he, he was he Minnesota. was elected in November. Was it wasn't wasn't actually took the oath of office until July of that year. Uh, then you had to yeah. get um, you know the Pennsylvania Republican to to flip to become a Democrat just to get the sixty votes, and then oh, you're at the magical sixty vote. Well, now you have to herd cats and get every single Democrat to agree with you, which causes every Democrat, including the conservative ones like Louisiana's conservative Democrat, uh, Senator Mary Landrieu, to be like, well, if I'm going to vote for this, what am I going to get in return in order to, in order to get the oh, pass? So then right. you have to start, you know, horse trading. And it, it, the idea that everything oh, that was even, done was so it's simple. It's even worse than that. The, the funny thing is, is you see this a lot, you know, when people are like the, the – um, the ACA polls very well, 
and uh, you know, or or like even um, Obama's polling around the ACA, well, you know, what was upside down, and you went oh, sixty, you know, sixty percent of people are you know against the ACA at one point, and it's ba- it's it's obviously won people over over time by being effective and you know quality right. governing, but. Um, in the beginning, it was like people, you know, don't like it. Well, half of that, besides the Republicans who are entrenched and think it's, think it's communism, the, half of that is people who don't think – who wanted the single payer, thought it didn't go far enough that way, or wanted Medicare for all. It didn't mean they were against the bill. But right. They polled negatively because they thought it should have gone farther, which means they're technically for it and something. They're for it plus. And yeah, I have a video. I have a video on that from way back in the yeah. day, where it might even be on a different YouTube channel, where it was like, yeah, you know, the, the, of the people who opposed it, you know, chop out the people that opposed it because it wasn't liberal enough. You have a majority of people who either support the Affordable Care Act or right. want something more progressive. Exactly, and 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 the problem was is that you know the the Jill Stein voters, the nose holders, the people who you know stomp their feet and say shit like we need to hold their feet to the fire, which is a a torture reference, which has always creeped me out. You know what I mean? That's literally from the Spanish Inquisition, hold their feet to the fire. And, and right. from that, um, the, you know, they do that from day one. Like they get in and they start getting past. They're like, well, now we got to hold their feet to the fire. Well, it, it, that, just, it, that just says to the Republicans, like, all we have to do is keep these guys from getting everything they want, and we don't have to give them anything they want. Because these people will back us. And that's what the Susan Sarandons of the world did. You know, they, they literally ran against um, Democrats and were basically like, maybe we just need Trump to destroy the place so we can start from scratch. And, and, that was, and that, their argument ultimately was, was that very thing, was that, you know, they're not for it. You know, and if we can – if you if – the other side, your opponent – can weaponize your own side, your own team against itself simply by denying you one sixteenth, one third of what you're shooting for. Right. Um, you're you are doing their job for them, and that's abundantly clear. That's how we got Trump in the first place. That's what exactly. that was. Yeah, especially because there was five thousand votes in three states. Right. Exactly. There was there was the. Um... The uh, study that was done, it was it's on NPR's website, where um, of it was a, they looked at all of the, they looked at votes like fifty thousand voters that they looked at, and basically twelve percent of the people in uh, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania yeah. who voted Bernie in the primaries voted for Trump in the general election, and uh, and if, right. if those people would have just voted Jill Stein or just stayed home because they you know didn't like it, yeah, then Hillary would have won, but that's not what happened. So or they any right or. Or any of the people who had who left it blank, or you know, or or voted Jill Stein, even though you know, you know, which which weighted the vote and kept it out of Hillary's you know, um, corner within the in the areas that were tipping towards electoral college, and and again, right. all the all the Republicans had to do was keep the Democrats from getting everything they want, to keep them from getting anything they want. Right. And that's if you if you're part of the process that sets that up, you're nothing more than a political saboteur. And every ethical argument you ever make is just garbage because it it can't have any meaning because you're. And again, I, you know, this day and age, especially 
you know, I personally believe in a civil society, in a modern society like ours, revolution, the phrase itself, is the six-minute abs of democracy. <laughs> it's, you know what I mean? It's a lap right. band instead of, you know, getting your stomach stapled instead of actually, you know, doing anything to change your diet and exercise plan and working to, you know, you know, change the system on a way that's sustainable, one that will not only will work, but will stay. It won't get overturned. You know, then we get in these like back and forths with executive orders, and that's how right. you know that's how we're going to rule. It's it, no, especially when, like I said, things like the ACA are no are effectively nationwide no brainers. They poll incredibly well. Um, the the people are for them. It's a really simple pitch because you go look we have public schools and private schools we have cops and we have uh um private security you know you why why can't you have public insurance and private insurance right you know and here's a here's an even better one there was a seed of this in the aca which is brilliant and if it had just moved forward would be amazing that states if you could buy you know once these triggers happen where insurance companies are you know putting too much towards profit and all that stuff which happened repeatedly um and has already crossed that line. Um, once that happens, if you want to technically, you know, beyond the public option from a, a you know, a, a state or, or I mean, the the, uh, the federal version, if it existed at all, um, let's say Massachusetts is able to sell across state lines like a regular insurance company would be. Right. Then you could buy into instead of you know, just, you know, getting Blue Cross Blue Shield, you could buy um, the the Massachusetts single-payer plan. And instead of paying profits into a, you know, a company, um, you know, that, that isn't going to do anything good, you would pay into a, uh, you know, into a state that would use it to build their infrastructure or schools or their own, you know, shore up their pensions for their workers or but put more police or firemen or whatever on the street, like that kind of stuff, right? And right. and then so that, that's, go, one okay. the, that's one of the lies. Yeah. That's one of the lies of the Republican Party is that insurance companies don't currently sell insurance across state lines. They do. They just create legal fictions to do so. Like do so. Like Blue yeah. Cross Blue Shield sells exactly. in many states. Right. They just have to create a Blue Cross of Kansas and a Blue right. Cross, of, and then they firewall it, and then they kind of you know pretend like the corporate overlap isn't there, and then they have. Uh, you know, since it's all their family of companies that are all under one corporate, uh, you know, L, you know, structure that if you buy stock in them, you're buying stock in all of them, not just, you know, the one in Kansas. And that's how they get around it. Um, right. the, the curious part is, let's say you, you get Massachusetts and they can start selling across state lines and, and it's great. You're happy with it. Washington State starts their own. And California starts their own for their own citizens. So as individual states, you can buy into these programs and uh, as if you live there. And then if you, right. you, know, you live in Massachusetts or something like that, or you live in these states that, that you can use yours, or if you go, I, ours doesn't run as well as the California one. They take too much out, and I don't like what the governor's doing. So I'm going to switch. I'm going to buy into the Washington one. You know, and then that'll affect who's running for office, like because it becomes almost a, a a CEO question as far as people buying into the state system. So if you put some authoritarian anti-abortion nudnik in there, you might lose some of your customer base to Washington State or you know or 
uh, or Massachusetts or something like that. And then each state, you know, that creates their own can work on their own, uh, you know, quality of care. They can work on what services they provide, what level of, you know, the cheapness of it, the, you know, any number of things. But ultimately, the money just goes into the infrastructure of those states, which ultimately helps the country as a whole. And that right. was in the ACA as a potential. It's still – the seed is still there. It can still be done. The, the states right. just have to set those systems up. And It just, and, it just makes too much own, sense, you know. It just makes too much sense. Right. Right. And and that's well, why, like, you know, and, and, and the problem with, like, California, they were pushing – there, you know, a Medicare for all kind of system, and that did get that got shut down because it was too all encompassing and shut down insurance in the state. So they were like, "Well, maybe a single payer version of that." And then the very people who backed the Medicare for all thing are basically like, "All or nothing, so we're done." Right. Never mind. And it's and that's something else though. Like, that you like, it, like we said earlier, something about you know how Republicans like deny you know the Democrats one thing, and, and that's one of the things that Republicans are really good at. Uh, is that, you know, they will be like, oh, the Democrats are in control. Let's block everything that they're trying to do and then convince everybody it's the Democrats' fault that they can't get anything done. And enough people oh, yeah. are like, oh, well, maybe they're right. You know, <laughs> come on. Like, well, yeah, exactly. Or you run up. I mean, the big thing on, that they do is run up a shit ton of debt and then blame it on the people who are there when it has to be paid. They run up a bar tab, they drink like sailors, and then when Democrats get in, they have to balance the budget. I mean, Biden's lowered the right. deficit, you know, last year, the biggest amount in history, you know, at the same time he raised employment. So, and, and this idea that, like, the economy sucks because of any particular, you know, thing that Biden is doing as opposed to we just came out of a pandemic, we, there's a huge supply shock going on. Demand is rising because people have money in their pockets, but not off scale. Not, you know, people right. are running around going, dude, I, we've all got $50,000 in our account. I don't even know where this goes. Like Venezuelans, you know, wiping their ass with their own money. It's not that situation. That's what Fox wants you to think. You know, that's what the, that's what the argument is. But it's nowhere near true. Now, on, on um, House Parks Mega Worldwide, infotainmentwars.com, yes. uh, you had mentioned something about, you know, it was, if I'm getting right, how – now, if you, you go back to, like, periods of, of inflation where, where, where you see prices of everything, and you can correct me if I'm wording yeah. this incorrectly, but, but that it, it many times, if not every time, uh, goes – and what, what goes along with price, oil prices getting spiked. Is that, yep. is that a correct – Within two years oh. beforehand, yes. Within two years beforehand, when, whenever that happens, whenever we experience – we've experienced inflation – or a, or a you know a massive inflationary pressures. It's always because of a, a massive spo- a spike in oil prices or a lack of supply. So uh, well, professor, since World War well, II, Professor Sparks, Professor Sparks. Yeah, I did my homework. So in Great. 1973 was the start of the Arab oil embargo. Oil rose right. 200 percent between 73 and 74. In 73, between 73 and 74. In 73, the inflation was 8.7. In 74, the inflation was 12.3. In 1979, the yep. Iranian oil revolution took place, and in 1980, the Iran-Iraq war started. Uh, oil went up by 67%. Uh, inflation was 13.3 and 12.5% respectively in those two years. In April 2020, oil was at $21 a barrel. By the end of the year, it had gone up to 90 bucks a barrel, a 350% increase. Inflation went from 1.4% in 2020 to 7% in 2021. So there's three examples of why you were right. <laughs> 
yes, I am right. And, and the embarrassing part of this is there may be some sort of bulker idea around, you know, too much money supply causes inflation like Venezuela or some shit like that, even though their stuff had to do with oil prices too because they leveraged right. their entire economy on the price of oil. Derp. But um, right. even beyond that, you know, they – regardless of those, every single time, every single time we have we have put – you know, we've gone through since World War II anyways, like you could argue that there was, you know, when we were starting the currency, I don't know, you know, post-Civil War, that there might have been inflationary pressures due to the amount of paper floating around. But like since we I mean, in the world of like credit default swaps and the and the repo market and bond yields and all that kind of stuff, the complexity of our economic system and the fact that we are the trading stable currency of the earth forget petrodollar and euro dollar they're the same thing the reason right. countries inter- exchange between you know the middle man, the middleman currency between their currency and somebody else's is because we're the trusted one we're the one that you can go it's going to stay where it is it doesn't fluctuate all over the place and the you know in in the case of like the yuan the chinese communist party can't just go you know what? It's worth double today. You know what? It's worth half. Like the Saudis with drinking. You know, like right. we just changed the rules today, right? And and ours doesn't work like that. The the reason it works so well is because it's complicated. Because the Fed measures against central banks, you know, and 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 the you know the regional payouts in the bond market and all that kind of stuff. That complexity stabilizes it largely. And our dollar, you know, the funny thing is, is if this was monetary inflation if this was inflation caused by the overprinting of dollars the right. dollar wouldn't be worth shit right now it would be it would be you know trading at 60 cents against the euro or something like that the dollar is still the strongest currency on earth right now and then the yuan is devaluing against it they don't want it to but it is the the chinese need to artificially prop up their currency just the way the the uh, the russians do with the ruble but they can't. They don't have any material ability to do it because their system's so screwed. So the the fascinating part is, you know, if we were experiencing monetary inflation, that um, yeah, that was that was my cat knocking yeah. over glass. Hi, buddy. Um, if we were experiencing cats are assholes. I love my cats, but they're assholes. He's fantastic. Thanks, buddy. Um, I got to clean that up now so you don't get something in your paws. Um, I had to go move him across the room. Um, nice. I will. I'll surround it, and then I'll, I'll clean it up after we're done. But um, nice. the if 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 we've been printing money ridiculously, if there's a lot of something, it's worth less, right? That's the general idea. Uh, that's almost true of anything. It, and and so inflation, as we understand it, we talk about sometimes the markets and uh, they talk about it differently than the news does. The news often talks about inflation and deflation in terms of commodities and groceries and stuff. Defl- you know, it goes up and then it goes down. Okay, that's not inflation. Right. Inflation is a constant, never-ending expansion of the, you know, the cost of making money by about 2% because that's the interest on making more money. And as more people show up and more stuff is there to buy, you need more money out there to do it, and therefore it goes up in price a little bit. So prices just climb. So it was a a cup of coffee was a nickel in uh, in the 30s, and now it's you know five dollars you know in, in you know from a Starbucks. But at the same time, back then 
an hourly wage was 15 cents, and now an hourly wage is $15. And so the $5 and the 5 cents are basically the same uh, as far as your life experience, how much work you're putting in, what part of your day it eats up to create that amount of money. That's inflation. That's really inflation. Now, we do have a bunch of shout-outs for Chip in in the chat, so – in, in the YouTube oh, chat, well, so yeah. everyone say hey, that, everyone that, say hey that, to Chip. Yeah, yeah, that smash was Chip. Um, so yes. um, the um, so the fifteen, you know, like let's say, um, everybody watched Trading Places. I have no doubt, yes. and I know you know the movie uh, as much as I do, and I love it. Um, yes. And in that movie, they talk about uh, a couple of commodities that trade all the time that you kind of take for granted, but it's an enormous part of the economy. One of them, of course, is frozen concentrated orange juice, right? right? And the idea is there was this crop report they were waiting for to see if the frost was going to affect production. And if the, uh, if the frost was going to affect production, there were going to be fewer oranges and the price was going to go up. And if they knew this before anybody else, they could buy everything – before the the bell, before they announce it, and then the uh, and they get it cheap, and then as soon as people heard that there's not going to be as many oranges, they'd start buying oranges like crazy, and then they'd have to they could sell it at a high price, buy low, sell high. Right. That was it. And the right. problem was they switched the paper, and it was the exact opposite. And the price uh, they sold at the beginning, and then bought right. after. That's how Billy Ray and yeah. Uh, yeah. And Lewis won, right? They, yeah, they, yeah, it's a, it, like a short's a little different. They, yeah, but they sat on it. It's commodities, but it's the same kind of principle. Right. So, in do, in doing that, the price of that from the first part to the second part, you know, like that's not inflation. In that, from the stock report reading to the price on the other side, that wasn't inflation or deflation. That is right. simply supply and demand, availability of stuff, that's the cost of that thing right now. It didn't mean the cost of frozen concentrated orange juice was going to be that price forever. As a matter of fact, next year, there be, there might have been a frost, which meant there were there was fewer oranges in the world, right? And it did affect right. the price that way. That's not inflation. It never has been. It never will be. It has to do with if there's a hurricane and, like, fucking Glenn Beck. Oh, my God. So we got a Glenn Beck clip, and he's talking about this nonsense. And Glenn Beck starts talking about how there's going to be a chlorine shortage for pools. So if I heard you've that got part. a pool, right? So if you got a pool, you're going to have a hard time finding chlorine. And he wanted this. You know, the overarching belief is, and what his viewers think is that Biden is responsible for all this. And you know, it's it's the world economy, but it's basically the Fed is sabotaging. And then he gets down to it. What was it caused by? Two years ago, Hurricane Laura knocked over the right. biggest chlorine plant in the United States, and then it can't make chlorine. And guess right. what? The, the Biden administration came in, backed, gave more funds to the states in the rescue package to fix things like this, and the factory that they are building to replace it is bigger and will produce more than the one that existed. You know what that's going to do to the price of chlorine as it was before that? It's going to temporarily go down because a hurricane knocked it over, and then it's going to drop the price of chlorine in the United States going forward. And that's not inflation or deflation. That's availability of supply. And I do not understand why the people continue to talk like this because everybody just thinks 
We printed a bunch of money to stimulate the economy. That's it. In a lot of my discussions, especially with conservatives, though, they often don't understand. They'll they'll, they'll argue all day long and try and make themselves seem like, oh, we're Republicans. We're better on the economy. But they don't even understand how supply and demand work. No. I don't know if they've even taken an Econ 101 course or whatever. Right. Like, they don't get it. They don't get supply and demand. No. And and yet they are supply-side economics, um, you know, know, from a political standpoint – that's their purpose. They are a, you know, their economics are supposedly based on supply and demand. Products are, if you want a product, you should be able to buy it on the open market. And if, if people want to pay more for it, they should have to pay more. You can get whatever price you can get for that thing. And if somebody else makes a better one, they should be able to outpace it. That's the argument, right? Every single time. Yeah. Well, one of the yes, things like none of like them, it's, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I was just saying, nope. none of them, A, it's not politically expedient. It doesn't help right. them because the problem is you can't blame somebody for that except business, and they don't want to do that, or reality, like Hurricane Laura. And so you know, it sounds like an excuse to them, and they don't like that. They want to blame the government for this thing that is totally out of you – know, it, notice how the government doesn't create jobs until Trump's in office, and then every right. job that's created is his magic wave of the hand. And then as soon as he's out of, the, out of office and jobs start going back up, People are like, the government doesn't create jobs. Biden's actually stopping job growth. Like, okay. So, well, well one it, of the things I find is that Republicans, Republicans and conservatives love to just pleasure themselves with the invisible hand. Um, but <laughs> right. Sit on they it had, they had this the one, stranger. you know, on, on abortion like issues, like I think one of the, one of the arguments mm-hmm. that they make on abortion, like they'll, they'll try and argue, oh, well, Planned Parenthood goes into neighborhoods and targets like black babies to be killed or something like that. that that's, that's something right. that they really believe. And I'm like, that's, the reason you believe that is because you've bought into the myth of that supply-side economics works. Like, you believe that right. in the, if, the, if you build it, they will come theory of, of all things ec- ec- economics, where no, Planned Parenthood, just like any, most any other business, is going to go where there is demand for their overall services. Already. You know, not just, right. So if there's demand for or Planned Parenthood... Gap. And not right. just abortions for Planned Parenthood, but services. right, because that's another thing they don't want to Fertility, get. Fertility, prenatal, especially the prenatal aspect of it. One of the reasons why you see more, right. pre, uh, you know, Planned Parenthoods in poor uh, and impoverished and minority neighborhoods is because they they have higher infant mortality because they lack prenatal care, um, right. and that in and of itself actually saves more babies' lives than are right. ever aborted at any of these places. Well, because they don't really by, want to you know, solve the a, problem. They just want to punish no. people for getting abortions. Like, if, if, if when Jeb Bush was governor of Florida, he defunded, partially, but defunded uh, Planned Parenthood, and which caused um, pa- Planned yeah. Parenthoods to close in certain counties. And in certain counties, Planned Parenthood was the only one providing prenatal care. So you, had, you, you, you just immediately took away um, access to prenatal care yeah, and, exactly. and, and also to, uh, to prevention of pregnancies. And during the remainder, remaining time of the tenure of Jeb Bush in Florida, the abortion rate in Florida went up. Meanwhile, on the other yeah. hand, when John, Hicken, when John Hickenlooper was governor of Colorado, they gave out universal access to uh, free access to contraception, IUDs, et cetera, ways to prevent pregnancy and abortion rates went down in the state. So right. I was like, if you, exactly. I, I'm always telling conservatives, if you want to actually solve the problem of ending abortions, 
that you feel is a problem, I, I mean, I'm pro-choice, hundred percent, no exceptions, whatever. Uh, yeah. But if 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 you if you really feel like reducing the amount of abortions is very important to you, then if you want to actually do that, you need to elect liberals to enact their policies, not just punish the people who you think are acting like sexually immorally. Right. Well, and th- and again, that's that's the interesting part about it because it really boils down to sort of a nanny state um, of their own that they won't cop to. Because isn't that really what's right. going on? Aren't they socially it's socially engineering the very thing that they supposedly are against, you know, and think that the government does it. The government should stay out of your business and and into her business, up in her business, you know. Right. I mean? um, they, it's government the should be so small that it fits into a vagina. Yeah, that it's basically yeah, it's a it's an IUD with a with a broodmare clause. Um, right. So, that, you know, and and again, you're right. That goes to sort of the you know them not understanding that like somebody somebody like uh, an organization like Planned Parenthood will move into an area because there are more children you know being born with birth defects, more women dying in childbirth, more malnourished you know and and preemies and that kind of stuff. Things that you can actually solve fairly simply, and uh, and then they're like they're always in these areas where it's you know Tony Robbins used to have this thing about like um, there was a he, the analogy he used a bunch was about the garbage strike in you know in New York at one point and they, and New York because of the garbage strike had this huge rat problem it's enormous and he you know. He was like, most people look at their problems like they would look at the rat, look at the garbage, and go, "Look at all this garbage these rats brought." Right. You know that 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 they they invert the causal relationship to the actual problem instead of taking you know primary responsibility for it, and right. uh, and that and that's effectively what these guys are doing. It's what they you know. It, that's the only thing they really, you know, they, they need to socially manipulate this. They have some elements of pious Christianity that they have to virtue signal, which is ironic because <laughs> people, people do realize that evangelical churches are literally virtue signaling airports. Therefore right. you fly in and virtue signal. It's your, I mean, your hat is a symbol of your virtue. The way you hold your hands up and pray. You're, the notes you hit in the hymns, the, how quick you are to give money, it, it is literally, that's what that is. I mean, even, the, even your presence there, no one needs a church to pray. Nobody needs a minister to explain to them if they can read um, what's right. in the Bible or the Quran or the Torah or any of that stuff. But you go there to show the community that these are your values too. And there's nothing wrong with that, but that's what it is. You can't pretend that it, that it ain't. And the irony is, you know, I do with like Kenneth Copeland's Flashpoint channel. I'll do clips from their thing occasionally. Um, mm-hmm. And at one point I was joking of doing, you know, Hal Sparks Megachurch Worldwide where I do a sermon, you know, by one of these people, just do their whole sermon to kind of break it down. Um, and right. I have a... I have a personal aversion to interrupting prayer, no matter even whether I believe it's sincere or not. So I, it's, that's the one thing I'm trying to find a workaround in. Either I skip past it, I'll do it early, but if I do it live, I'm going to have to sit there with my head bowed 
like in right. fact, it's just who I am. Um, but in that process, you know, um, you, you know, you recognize that these folks, they spend, they go to these places to do the very thing they mock, you know, blue-haired liberals marching for women's rights for doing. Right. Right. It's it's all virtue signaling. That's what this is. That's what it is. It's you know, it's Our Lady of the Virtue signals. Pretty much. So um, let's see. Mm-hmm. So I, every every week or most weeks, I like to do a, a bit that's called a hypocrite of the week. So I'm going to play that real quick, and then we can. It'll Excellent. it'll lead us on to two more. It'll lead on to two more topics. About thirty seconds. So hold on. This week's hypocrite of the week is Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, who tweeted Elon Musk's offer to buy Twitter is a good deal for shareholders and raises the prospect that the platform will be a place where free speech can thrive, not a tool for narrative enforcement. This is, of course, after Florida Governor Ron DeSantis took punitive action against Disney for them daring to voice a negative opinion over one piece of legislation. To see you next week's hypocrite of the week will be, tune in to Liberal Dan Radio, talk from the left, that's right, Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Central on blogtalkradio.com slash liberaldan. So there's, there's two things there. There's the whole Elon Musk thing and Twitter, um, which maybe we'll get to, or right. whatever. but there's also the whole sure. DeSantis thing with, you know, the punitive, you know, Disney speaks out eventually right. against one bill that they disagree with, and DeSantis is like, no, you can't speak badly against me. I will, I will come back and vanquish thee. And... Like one of the things that amused me early on in it with his attempts to, or his, the passing of the thing that removes the Reedy Creek Development District uh, is that one of the side effects, if it's actually legal, which it may not be uh, for them to do right. because there's a bond issue that has to be brought up. But yeah. the, if, if you're, ra- you're raising the property taxes of possibly up to 2,200 bucks per household just to own the libs, well, there's, 73,000 Trump voters in Osceola County and 245,000 yes. Trump voters in Orange County. How are they going to feel when DeSantis has just raised their tax bill by 2,200 bucks so just so no, they can understand. own the libs on one? Oh, wait. It's, it's even better. You, know, you have to understand. That is a um, – they can just look at that as a DeSantis 2024 um, campaign donation. Because this is all for show anyways, and so right. they're helping him. It's, it's almost like they're contributing to a commercial for him. He's going to use this in everything, right? I took on Disney and their woke ideology. They, I, went, you know, I was the one who fought the groomers. I could court the QAnons and the Trump maggots. And, uh, and that's, that'll, they're going to pay $2,200 in taxes and just consider it a campaign donation. Whether they want right. it or not is different. It's just kind of a forced campaign donation. But, hey, you live in Florida, it takes you a chance. And, and, the, and the thing is, is that, you know, I'm sure when the courts eventually rule uh, against the, it because the Constitution of the United States and the Florida Constitution and yeah. the Florida law all basically say that you right. cannot change the bonds or, 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 or how, you know, the, the right. municipality – you can't just tank the municipality that, that's controlling the bonds. So either – the state of Florida would have to like pay off the bonds immediately. Like that's a billion bucks right there. Or they have to wait yeah. till like 2020, 2029, I think to, to, to have a that. So it's real. So again, it's, it's all theater. It's all just political theater to try and right. um, try and say that, Oh, well, we are fighting these groomers of Disney world. Um, but I've often found, or I often believe that, you know, the people that are the loudest about the, you know, what they feel is sexual immorality or, or sex crimes oh or whatever are typically the people that are ones that are doing it the most. Like 
I, 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 yeah. was, I was on my honeymoon um, back in 2007, and our mm-hmm. senator at the time was Senator David Vitter in Louisiana. And he was always oh, yeah. big about moral morality. He very much – Bill Clinton should have resigned because he had an affair, you know, that he was very vocal about that. And his wife even was like, if, 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 uh, if, if I found David had cheated on me or done what Bill Clinton had done – Lorena Bobbitt would have been tame for what I would do to David Vitter. Right. Um, I, so I, I wake up one morning from, you know, fr- from just overnight or whatever, just one morning, wake up, I'm behind him and I'm, I'm going to cruise. And, but the news is playing in the background. And, and as I'm waking up, I'm hearing something about David Vitter and a hooker. And I'm like, yeah, what, what, what did I just and hear? I'm like, I'm, I'm like my wife, did, even... you just, did you just hear that? Did you just hear like, did, you just, did David Vitters give me the, one of the greatest wedding gifts that I could have gotten? Is that, that, right. Because I'm going to talk about this forever. Totally. And I, I was all day long, I was like, I need to find a TV. I need to find that news again. And so I was finding ways to just kind of, I need to go to the back room for a second. I finally saw it. I was like, yes, David Vitter was found, you know, that he had, had um, improper relationships with uh, hookers. Now, here on Liberal Land Radio, I am sex positive. Sex work is real work, and it should be legalized. But right. uh, I'm also going to expose hypocrisy whenever I see it. And so many times, Serious sinner David Vitter was the hypocrite of the week way back then, um, but like now when they're talking about grooming, you know anybody who who doesn't know this already, um, Republican Representative John Rose, look at how he mm-hmm. found his wife. Uh, I think they met when she oh, was yeah. seventeen. So talk about yeah. grooming. <laughs> you can't come oh, to me and talk to me about mean, Democrats look- supporting groomers. John Rose Jesus, is, your, Dennis, is a rumor in your own party. Look at Hastert, longest, longest uh, sitting um, House Speaker in history, Dennis Hastert, Republican, you know, was, uh, you know, has been paying off his victims, or was until he passed away, uh, had been for the last, you know, since he left, essentially. And the Republicans were just, like, pretended like they didn't, A, know, and B, you know, just hide it from everybody for, for the entirety of the time. It's insane. Like these right. folks, they're, and, and, it, and again, it's one of those things where you're like, the, the, the piety aspect is one thing. It's not that he had an affair, a la Bill Clinton, which is, you know, right. somebody's in the office, you guys are flirting, one thing leads to another, human beings are, are cut from a special kind of stuff. That's life diapers. It's, it's like it's a fetish that in many ways, you know, would trigger an embarrassment reflex for a lot of people, which whatever, do, it, do you, you do you. I'm not here to yuck anybody's yum. But right. the idea that this dude, that's what he's hiding. He's not hiding the fact that he's having what would effectively be run-of-the-mill, you know, run-ins with prostitution for a you know, sense of variety in his sex life. This dude is doing um, – you know, infant play, God knows what that is rooted in, and yeah. does that, and as a voter, should I be concerned that, that his feelings about himself and others, is, you know, isn't directly tied to that kind of, uh, you know, behavior, that he, you know, he makes judgments based on that kind of thing. That's, that's the concern. I, like, again, it can be fine. Doesn't mean he's a bad guy. Doesn't have to mean. But it might mean right. that he thinks everybody in the world's a baby, or everybody in the world's a naughty nanny, and they just have to wait for it to get out. 
Yeah, but, but you know, and people would often, especially conservatives, would be like, well, how come you don't criticize Bill Clinton and you're criticizing David Vitter? I'm like, I'm holding David Vitter to the standard he has. He, he set for himself. Yeah. I hold Republicans to the standard that they set for themselves. If, if you're not going to make sexual morality a campaign platform, then I'm not going to worry about what you do in your sexual life. You know, what happened between Bill and anybody else is between Bill and Hillary, and that's it. And it right. doesn't bother me any. You know, if David Vitter hadn't uh, made sexual morality a thing, hadn't criticized Bill Clinton for cheating, hadn't criticized uh, Wouldn't his, have predecessor, his predecessor, who also was caught cheating, mm-hmm. who, was, who, who was in line to be Speaker of the House, uh, Louisiana would have been very, even more powerful with a Speaker of the House from that same congressional district, and he couldn't have it. Why? Because it was revealed that he, too, Bob Livingston, was having an affair, uh, and he so he had to resign mm-hmm. and David Vitter called him to resign. Right. When it came time for David Vitter to resign. Did he resign? No. Um, Larry Craig is another example, he, you know, very anti LGBTQ, but what is he, he gets arrested for a lewd conduct in a men's bathroom, you know, his toe tapping across right. a stall lines. It's, it's right. hypocrisy is a, is a conservative prerequisite. And, uh, right. Not saying that no hypocrites on the democratic party. I've called them out on the show many times. But yeah. hypocrisy is also a degrees. conservative prerequisite. There's also degrees. That's yes. the thing that we have to keep talking about. And, I, you know, in a world where we throw around the words evil and Nazi the way, like, a, a, a valley girl would throw around like and totally, um, you know, it, it, it removes it, the, the value of those words. They don't mean anything if you just keep tossing them at everybody you don't like. And, right. and the same thing is true of, like, you know, hypocrisy. Like, there's, there's mild hypocrisy, and then there's overt, cruel, disgusting, violent hypocrisy that leads to damaged lives and devastated finances and ruined families. And you right. have to be able to tell the difference, for God's sake. Otherwise, you know, what again, what does it mean at all? You know, what is your – if everything's – paint with one color then you know then it's hard to distinguish what matters to you right and another thing moving on to, i guess another subject is you know we've had yeah. you know the issues with ukraine um and then like i was just the the amount of apologia or the amount of times that um conservatives have been promoting like pro-putin propaganda is just shocking to me like 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 oh, they're yeah. really they're really showing you know what side they feel their bread is buttered i mean from donald trump praising putin for being so smart in how he invaded ukraine uh to um just even just tolerance to conservative talk radio basically tried repeating the same lie that oh it must have been a, a ukrainian missile that hit that railroad station and then you had the rand paul arguing with with blinken um and i have a little clip here uh, for probably yeah, a very could, good reason. You could also argue the countries they've attacked were part of Russia. Well, that uh, – Or were part of the Soviet Union. Yes, and I, fir- I firmly disagree with, uh, with, with that proposition. It is the fundamental right of these countries to decide their own future and their own destiny. And I'm not here's, saying here's, it's here's not, but I'm saying that the countries that have been attacked, Georgia and Ukraine, were part of the Soviet Union. And that does were, not And they Russia were part the of right the Soviet Union since the 1920s. But that does not – that does not give Russia the right to attack them. On the no contrary, no one's saying it does. They were, but it they were really liberated has nothing to from do. being part of this uh, empire by force.
He's like, no one is saying it does, yeah. but of course, Rand Paul is saying that that's a reason. He's giving. I'm not justifying right. it, but here's the justification anyway. Like, come on, yeah, exactly. like, it's 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 so. Lazy. They want to talk about how Democrats are traitors and treasonous. Meanwhile, they're doing Putin's work for him. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. But like Putin wouldn't have invaded Ukraine, they say, if, if if Trump was still president. No, probably maybe not. We don't know. We don't have a crystal ball. We don't see what's on Earth too. We don't know what's in that alternate universe where, where Trump managed to win despite being so unpopular. But, you know, what we do know is that Putin didn't have to attack during Trump because Putin was given the world by Trump. He weakened NATO. Yeah, he gave Trump more know. influence in the Middle East. He he helped um, he helped uh, Russia and OPEC he get over their oil the price war to artificially increase, artificially restrict the supply of gasoline, which which improved you know, their Russia's ability to earn money from oil that they sold. So Trump was right. the dream come true for Vladimir Putin. You know, the idea that, that Putin yeah. might not have created Ukraine, but that maybe that's true because he would have gotten more power in the region in other ways. Well, no, the idea is that the, Trump was there for the tee up, whether it had to be, you know, if it was four years of tee up or eight years of tee up, that would give them the predicate they would need by undermining NATO, breaking down the alliance, um, you know, creating a situation where um, they, you know, nobody trusted anybody, where you could split Germany and France off perhaps from the rest of NATO, to, you know, to the point where if they did something, you know, and Russia started salami slicing its way across the nation, um, right. they, by the time they woke up, it would be too late. And any, you know, and any chance, you know, especially if Trump was running things, that he would re- request and or sign the you know the the military aid for uh, you know for Ukraine was ridiculous. He would have let them die on the vine. That was what he's there to do. All right. So I you know I, again it was a, it was a four year tee up and it, to give Russia basically a head start to build to get ready for their build up and their push, drop NATO's pants undermine the alliance, um, you know, establish fissures between them. And then, you know, if he got another four years of Trump doing it, it all the better. But if he didn't, right. then, you know, then we just move. And it was always going to happen. Form peacekeeping no force in Russia or in Ukraine. Yeah, exactly. They take a peace, they keep it. That's peacekeeping. Right. Yeah. That's, that was the idea that, that originally the Donbass and the, you know, the Crimea was because they needed it. Donbass and the Donetsk and Luhansk areas are, are because they needed uh, a, a reason to keep Ukraine out of NATO. The way you do that is you give them a border dispute that's ongoing, and then they legally cannot join because that's right. part of the, or, you know, the organizational founding document. Um, and by the way, it's not just the right. I mean, Jimmy Dore and Russell Brand both have been carrying this water like crazy under the, uh, the premise that they are – uh, you know that they're liberal or progressive or both or neither. I don't know what the those labels mean anymore to either of them. They're both gross. But well, you um, have like Stein, Jill Stein went to went to meet with Putin, right? I mean, so there are yeah, there are yeah. people Had people on both sides that are terrible. Yeah. But I mean, there's very I guess there's much less. I would say again, it's a matter of of amounts or or of of, of how many uh, are you know yeah. of, of one side versus the other side are, are carrying that water. Yeah, I mean, this is, ex- and, and it's extraordinary. Like, it goes on, 
basically Jimmy Dore, Max Blumenthal, Aaron Mate, and 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 that and I guess Kurt Metzger, who's on uh, Jimmy's show as well. They dug this well early that they were you know they were going to push this neo-Nazi Azov Battalion bullshit, um, and now they can't get out, so they're stuck. You know, it's like uh, you know people like you ever been stuck in an you know the old stories like you get stuck in an argument. And then you realize you're wrong in the middle of it, but you just keep arguing to save face. Right. That's what they're doing. I've heard like, of that. I mean, I try it. not to do that personally, but I've heard of that. Me yeah. too. Yes. Yeah, so it's I've, I've, it's yeah, more like this. It's like the sunk cost fallacy, where you know you 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 know you keep you you keep investing in that company even though the price is tanking. Right. Or the greater fool, uh, you know, investment strategy in real estate, for example, which is what's going on in China right now. You know that there's, right. you you know the real estate is worthless, but you're hoping that someone dumber than you comes along and buys it. <laughs> yeah. You know, like I could sell this. I was a sucker, so there's got to be a sucker bigger than me, and that's right. where they are. But they, you know, again, they're they're still selling this. You know, uh, there's Nazis in Ukraine, and so they kind of deserve it. Thing, it's grotesque. Like I, I and again, like I. I almost understand how you think you could get away with it before Putin attacked, before he actually did this. Once he does it, though, you know, uh, like you're in for, I guess, in for a penny, in for a pound. But still, like it's like they're mass graves. Like this isn't even close. This is, you know, and if the United States was doing this anywhere, they'd be the first ones to say this is American imperialism. It's disgusting. No war for oil. Blah, 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 blah. But since it's Russia, somehow it gets a pass. Like what, how in the, how do you justify that? I, I don't know how they sleep at night, honestly. I don't, I don't either. And it, it's bizarre. Yeah. Um, so what, what do you, I haven't, I, I haven't heard anything. I mean, I try to listen as much as possible to uh, infotainmentwars.com, yeah. House Sparks Mega Worldwide. Thank you. Um, but I haven't really heard uh, much uh, of your opinions on what's going on with, uh, Elon Musk's purchase of Twitter. So I talked, uh, yeah, I, here's the thing. I think it's largely a nothing burger on a couple of fronts. One right. is there is no way he's going to say, bring Trump on and make the entire site about Trump from now on. Cause that's what it would do for a year. That's what they would be dealing with. Trump's followers and Trump himself showing up there and owning the place. It basically just roll out a red carpet and ruin it as a site. And you drive a bunch of people to the, edges and all you would get out of it is a, you know, remnant parlor and getter and gab account people that would jump back over, which is what's happening. Those people are coming back. That's why there was a spike in people coming back and right wing versus left wing. Um, right. And a lot of, you know, there's a lot of bot killing and stuff. So the two things that he's pushing that I think will zero out most people's concerns. If you really look at it, the first one is that he wants to verify everybody either through a subscription service where if you subscribe um, and it you know, costs you $5 a year or whatever to verify yourself, you're, you know you're talking to real people. You're not talking to a sea of Russian bots or Macedonian hacker farms or you know, Indian clickbait farms or any of that stuff. You are right. you know, you're doing this. Um, you know, you're in, even if you're having an argument, at least it's a real argument. If you're dealing with some pig online, it's a real pig. It's a real right. person who's a pig. And that's, that's crucial. You know, that's important. 
Um, and, and that would eliminate a lot of, you know, Trump's artificial support in general anyway, because that's what he had. He had an army of bots. That's what, I mean, that's what a bunch of these guys do. So once you eliminate the bots, kind of like they're alone, they're a minority party. Like you said, they don't have as many supporters, so they got to reinforce them with all these phony stuff. If you get rid of the phony stuff, they might be loud and annoying, but they don't have the, the troops to roll in and troll everybody like they used to. Um, the other thing is that the real reason he's buying it is because he, like everybody else, has been doing the, um, like the, the math on the metaverse. Right. And the, and the metaverse it's, it itself is going to be the next free money frontier. It, you know, you don't have to physically build stuff. You can get people coding in a corner, and you're, it's as good as building a house from a financial standpoint. And right now, there's only a few ways in that are viable. First of all, there's, uh, you know, the obvious one everybody talks about is meta because of Facebook's obvious try to jump in and get ahead. They're trying the 80-20 rule. They're trying to be Coca-Cola. They're trying to be mm-hmm. the first in and own most of the market. And in, you know, and while they're doing that, um, you know, there are other people working on their own entry into it who might be more higher quality and might milk off that audience over time, largely game companies. So the second one, second thing you could do um, is you could buy Microsoft or you could buy Sony and own the PlayStation and own or own the Xbox. And that's your other way in. The other right. option, I, I suppose, if you want to build in the metaverse with the already uh, existing entry levels, is um, Apple and Google. You through the search engine window, you create, you know, visual search engines where you go into the metaverse and you go into Google World where you can know everything all at once. And if you ask out loud for something, it'll show you it, and you can watch lectures on stuff at the same time. You're, you know you're learning about whatever topic you were trying to find information on, but he can't afford any of those. Right. We can afford Twitter or Twitter. That's it. That's all it is. Twitter was the cheapest date in town. That is is all it's about. It's all it'll ever be about when he says that he's going to add features. A big part of that is just driving towards eventually getting a metaverse window and that he already controls a giant audience. And the problem is, is that, you know, forty-four million dollars is cheap because he could spend fifty million on a on a new social media website. Name it, brand it, build it, do everything, just like Truth Social, and nobody's right. going. Nobody's going to join Elon Musk's private subscription-only site in any mass. Not the way that the Twitter guys are there. You know, like we're here. There's a huge audience of people on Twitter. So you just buy the audience. They're already in. And getting out, you know, it might feel emotionally like something. So people don't want to do that. So they either maintain their account or they'll upgrade and decide to try it and they'll like it. That's what he's counting right. on. That's all. I mean, it's not, it, it is not this like, he's not going to allow snuff films and, you know, and Stormfront to have an account. He's, he's going to want to avoid a lot of the controversies that, that everybody's worried about because it's a waste of time. Uh, he's a bit of a troll and a silly fent. So he'll, right. you know, he, he, he does like, uh, he'll tweet song lyrics and all kinds of stuff like that. He actively tries to, um, you know, create a, a um, um, 
you know, a, 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 an atmosphere of just kind of irreverence, which is another word for not taking yourself too seriously and being fun. And that's crucial to first principles in a social media network. So even that is built on the same strategy he built Tesla and SpaceX on. Right. Because, again, what is, you know, Marcus Aurelius, meditations, what is, as, uh, as Hannibal Lecter would say, what is the thing in and of itself? What's the social media for? It's for social gatherings. Is it for arguing? No. Most people don't think of arguments as their primary use for a social gathering. It happens. Right. But it's not why you go. You go to right. share stuff about movies and friends. You go see bands. You hang out. You go to a party. You chit-chat. You see how people's lives are. That's what it's primarily for. It's been hijacked over time by the, you know, by the sort of nature of our political mechanism currently. Um, and, and, you know, and, and there's nothing wrong with using all of it for whatever you're going to use it for. But, um, you know, ultimately – what are you really making? You know, what are you, what are you making a social media platform for? And what will make it more profitable? If, if there were political, like, beer pushes in every movie theater, you would have never had a blockbuster film. Hmm. Right? Yeah. Because everybody, you wouldn't have thought of going to the movies and hanging out. And so what he's trying to do, I think, and by the free speech aspect of it partially, and by verifying everyone, because he knows that bots cause most of the problems, um, that he, you know, is trying to create a situation where, at the very least, if you're having an argument, at least it's with a real person, and that's fine. And again, yeah, I, he's, I agree. He's, I agree with that. Yeah. Now I'm wondering if if, yeah. if, 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 you think he might try and use like you can buy into Twitter uh, or pay your Twitter, fee, but but it has to be with like Dogecoin or something like that. But if he's going to try and use it to oh, yeah. try and pipe well, up I Doge. I, I said that. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> I said that yesterday. I'm like, if 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 he does that, the SEC doesn't exist because that's exactly what that would be. That is, right. that is a manipulation. That's, that's a financial manipulation, that, uh, the kind of stuff that he would actually try to do. And, by the way, he could absolutely do it, turnkey, create a Dogecoin coin terminal, and go, yeah, everything bought here, it's just the – it's like Call of Duty points. Right. It's just the Call of Duty – Dogecoin will be the Call of Duty points of the Twitterverse – in the metaverse. And right. then you start going, well, crap, people are buying virtual real estate in the Twitterverse, you know, and they got to buy it with Doge. That gives it real material value, ironically, right. because you're buying virtual stuff. Um, and, and that boosts his investment in Doge to the moon, I think, is what he was saying, which is, right. by the way, also a reference to the fact that he might de- declare that once they have a base, uh, that Doge would be the official currency of the moon. That if you buy and sell things, we're going to use a digital Doge exchange. That's right. why it was called. You know, everybody was joking digitally. You know, Doge to the moon. Right. But one thing yeah. though that I have to be critical of my fellow leftists or whatever is that you know a lot of people are like, oh well, Musk has bought Twitter, so I'm going to leave Twitter now. And I'm like, no, you can't. This is unfortunately what 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 liberal leftists sometimes will do is that. You know, they, they, want, they want to take their ball and they'll want to go home. Meanwhile, and give up the fight. Like if, if you if there's going to be yeah. you know more people on there, you have to be on there to support. Like I don't have no plans. Engage. You have to you have to engage. You have to go. You have to you have to retweet what they say and say this is why this is wrong. You know, and and not just right. give give them because because 
that's why we lose so many times is because we're just right. we, we 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 just give up. Well, it, it's harder to it's harder to vote today this time. They made it harder to vote, so I'm just not going to vote. Right. No, that's why you have to go stand in line yeah. and wait longer because you have to fight yes. the, the the horribleness that, that they're trying to do, and it sucks. And right. then they'll make it harder, and they'll make it even harder for you to do. But you have to do it. You have to put up the fight. You have to you have to do that. Um, well, yeah, talk and one. That's, you know, again, and and I, I will say this too. Again, this goes to the concept of understanding. Careful where you step, babe. Because <laughs> yeah, decided. Yeah, um, that uh, you know, you have to you have to be open to the idea that there are varying degrees gray areas in humanity on other sides besides your own. You know what I mean? It, you can't just forgive the lies, hypocrisies, and problems of the people who, you know, talk like you do. You have to recognize mm-hmm. that humans are humans, and if you're going to engage in that kind of, you know, uh, behavior, you're going to have to respect the fact that you give, give people an out. If you really believe in prison reform, then, you know, and, and that people who've committed murder or sexual assault should deserve a second chance in society. And then you're going to call somebody like Elon Musk evil because he bought Twitter for $40, million, or $40 billion? I mean, please, who am I talking to then? What, what, is, what is the standard of the human being I'm having a discussion with? It doesn't exist. I don't know what your morals are. I just know you, you pick villains and go after them, but there's no standard. I just and that's bad. Say, that's a terrible thing. I just saw a comment in the in, in the chat in the chat stream uh, on YouTube, and somebody had posted. Uh, all I said to see somebody posted. I just want Elon to give his sister Tosca uh, more money for passion flicks because they need more movies. And I was going to say, hey, my wife needs to see that because somebody is, is is agreeing with her. And then I'm like, oh, that was my wife in the chat. So ah, hi, Cassie. <laughs> I that's hilarious. Um. Uh. Uh, he will. And again, um, let's just say you have, as a human being, $200,000 in your bank account. Right. And for, and for $50,000, you can buy um, a chain of pizzerias in your town. Not just one, but a chain of them. Now, you could probably bail your cousin out of jail and pay for your your second cousin's college tuition, and you could probably, you know, do two weekends at the food shelter and eliminate hunger for a while, or you could own right. a pizzeria in town, which would maybe lead to you having another $200,000 from the profit of all those pizzerias, in which case you would have money left over all the time, no matter what you wanted to accomplish, even if it meant moon-based alpha, to um, – feed every homeless person in town, you know, buy, you know, send everybody to school, do all that kind of stuff. Right. At what point does your responsibility kick in from the time that I think you have enough or the time you think you have enough? And I think it's from when you think you have enough. It has to be. Otherwise it's coercion. And I'm, I don't believe in, you know, in any form of slavery um, it, it, from any angle, period, end of story. Because it, it, we couldn't because raise the taxes. We could slope. raise the taxes on the billionaires a little bit more and, and, and pay for stuff. Oh yeah. Stuff. No, no. Yeah. I, I, here's the thing. Here's yeah. A, a flat corporate profit tax. Great idea. But even you know, I went over Robert Reich's article that he just put out 
Um, I think they ran it on Raw Story. They were showing parts of it on Raw Story. And he was talking about the, you know, corporate earnings, and they didn't pay any federal income tax on corporate earnings. And I'm like, well, earnings aren't income. In the case of a lot of these, uh, you know, um, groups, you know, they're investing, especially like Amazon, in tens of thousands of trucks and fulfillment centers during the, um, you know, during COVID because it right. was the biggest period of, of growth they could ever experience. It was, it was happening. It was growing. And so that's the time, you know, you make hay while the sun shines. And, you know, and that's what they were doing. They weren't really coming up with any um, profits per se in the traditional sense because they weren't done. Amazon hadn't right. achieved its financial goals. And it, and it, you know, it still hasn't in a lot of ways because right. you can't, you can't tax net profits, of, you can't gross profits. You have to tax net profits. You, you know, a lot of times people right. say like, oh, we should, we should tax Elon Musk, you know, because uh, tax his, you know, 88 billion or four, whatever, about whatever many billions he's worth, what, 80 something billion dollars. I'm like, well, you can't, most of that's locked in to, you know, assets. Like you can't necessarily, they're not, they're not all liquid. You can't just go, okay, boom, here you go. So, so sometimes yeah, he doesn't have, you know, he doesn't have a, Right, it doesn't have $88 billion sitting in a bank account. It doesn't work right. like that. And if you tax them, basically you would remove 15% of four different industries and God knows whatever investments he had, so those would be removed. It's one of the reasons why he sold a big bunch of Twitter stock before he bought a bunch of it so that he could pay, you know, and he paid, quote-unquote, more taxes than any billionaire in history, um, right? And that right. was the, you know, or any individual in history, Um I, I guess technically speaking, as, even as percentage of wealth. So, honest to God, like I said, do I think I, would I spend his money differently? Of course I would. Is it my money? No, it isn't. End right. of story. If I was very attractive, would I sleep with you know certain people? Would I you know if I was a beautiful? Oh come woman, on, how you I are very attractive. Come on. I am. You know. I'm, <laughs> You know what I'm talking about? If I was Brad Pitt, would I, you know, or if I was Angelina Jolie, would I sleep with Brad Pitt? I, yes, I probably would. What difference does it make, though? I'm not. I don't have right. her body to do with what I will. I never will, and that's not the point. And and it never should be. It, and 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 with and once it is a possibility, none of the things that were that the, it doesn't even become a conversation. It doesn't exist. You're not. You're not. You're legitimately no longer talking about you know, free will. And I'm not for that. I can't be for that. I'm not going to, I'm a hardliner about that stuff and I'm just there. Um, so one thing you brought up, you, case, you brought up something interesting. Yeah. You brought up the, like, you know, as one of the things you might do with the, with the money that you use to buy the pizza things, maybe you'd bail somebody out uh, of jail. And I was, and a while back, I did have somebody who was a bail bondsman from Texas, you know, who was very much opposed to the bail reform movement and, no, but, you know, I have right. people from the other side, you know, discussing things. I didn't agree with a lot of what he said. We, I think we agreed on some things, you know, because yeah, you know, sure. I, could, I you like would. to like find common ground with people. Yeah. But, like, one of the things, uh, the, the conservative talk show that I listen to every morning, pretty much, is, you know, they're always talking about all of the people, how, you know, how all of the people who are in jail, sitting in jail, uh, can't pay bail, you know, who, who were involved in some way on January 6th and then compared it to like one of the New Orleans Saints running backs was involved in an altercation uh, last year. And, and he was able to get released on like a big, a large bond, whatever. And, right. and I was like, 
you, you're almost there. You're almost getting it. Yeah. Because, but the problem is right. it's always conservatives who are fighting bail reform, uh, especially with the bail bonds person. My thought was, well, the reason you're fighting bail reform is because, and then not wanting people to have a congressman bond, that, that takes away your money or that takes away the money of the people you're representing. Uh, but in the case of, you know, if, if I would, I'd be more than happy to, to sit down and talk with, you know, are there people who perhaps might be able to be let out of, of jail waiting their trial for the January 6th uh, on recognizance bonds? Maybe. There might be people who should be able to just go home, go to work, and, and, and then you charge them if they don't, if they fail to appear. Um, but it's always the conservatives right. who are fighting these efforts to reform the bail movement because, as we've seen, comparing some poor, sh- some schmuck who went to go and walked around the Capitol building, you know, you know, trespassing and, and interrupting the, the legal actions of government. You know, he doesn't have the millions of dollars available to him to pay the bond like a Alvin Kamara would. So that there, that no, shows most of the, the wait. It, yep. Even still, though, that it, with those guys, it's it, it's a ridiculous argument. Anyways, the people who are still in in jail over this stuff are the are are people who. Most of them were released on recognizance bonds. Most of them, like some of them, their buddy that they were there with was released on right. recognizance bond and went and is home and is just awaiting <laughs> trial and going through the thing. The only ones that are still in jail are people who have spit on cops in the jail, like fight with guards, refuse to get vaccinated so they're in solitary all the time, have our flight risk. You know, right. have said literally in their bond hearing, if you let me out, I'd go straight up there and kill Nancy Pelosi. Like, of course, you're not getting out on a recognizance bond in that situation. It's absurd. That's that. None of these guys who are in there are in there because they don't have the money to bail themselves out. And an NFL guy, I think, when it comes to bail bonds, especially, is an absurdity because that guy's in, he's got a visibility. Right. He can't disappear. Right. So it, you can let somebody like that out on a recognizance bond because they 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 can't be invisible. Ask OJ. Dude couldn't even make it halfway down to San Diego on the 405 wearing a fake beard with his buddy driving the car. Like it's <laughs> not possible. Secondarily, on average, when you're talking about like um, you know, people let out without you know on on without bond or bail or on recognizance stuff, or let out of jail early because of COVID, for example, they're looking at 70% recidivism in crime in all these folks. Now, you can say, like, all right, 30% kept their nose clean or died of COVID or moved right. or whatever because um, they're not keeping track of them for non-cross-country you know, cross country felonies. But you have a tremendous number of people who got out, committed another crime or multiple crimes, and uh, and keep getting um, the, the you know a bail break, and this is the thing that all you got to do is fix it once. You can get a one-time you know bail you know no cash bail, like you know if you're if it's your it doesn't even have to be your first offense. If it's your first offense, you know since you you know, went to jail for the last thing, whatever it was. You've been out for a while. You can, you know, you you may have gone to federal penitentiary, but you got something that, you know, they were going to, you know, you'd have, you'd need bail for. They can make that argument. But if you're on eight free bail moments, 
you know, if you're if you're allowed to walk on eight right. different charges, um, that's a broken system. And and, and the problem with that is, and that was that, actually, a, that was one of that's one of the things that me and the bail bondsman agreed on, and and then we right. talked about in the show is that the recidivism of the people who are released on recognizance bonds and and aren't and and aren't just then locked back up if they continue to do it. Of course, the other side of the argument is that by requiring a lot of people to you know pay bonds who who, who can't, so then they, everything else gets ruined. Their recidivism of, cri- of crime also takes place. They have, and, and he wasn't wanting to talk about that. Uh, say that again. How do you mean? The, the 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 people if, the people who are in jail who are forced to pay bonds, wherever Congress's bonds aren't and it aren't allowed, the the. The other side of the coin is that by forcing them to stay in jail longer, they're and they're more they're more likely to to be convicted, have longer sentences, and they're more likely at that point to to also recommit crimes because now they're not left with much options because they've lost their jobs, they've lost their house, et cetera. Well, yeah, and the person and the but, person but, the person who did, who was fighting the bail reform didn't right. want to talk about that. I understand. Statistically, the issue you have is that uh, most of the time when you're talking about people who've been denied bail, you're, they've been denied bail because they're a danger to the community. They are the kind of right. person who would uh, would commit another crime. So the people who are, you know, well, not denied bail, but I'm talking about system, the I'm not talking about people denied bail. I'm talking about the people who were who can, just can't afford the bail. Like they give they give they well, say, okay, you're, you're yeah. Well, there's a lot. I, I mean, there's the, the bail itself where you're the reason the bail is set outside their limit a lot of times willfully right. and knowingly that they can't afford it is because nobody wants them on the street. Right. And, and the reason they don't want them on the street is because they will harm someone again. They were want, it was one disregard for human life. They, you know, they didn't just carjack a car. They did it at gunpoint. They drove it through a residential neighborhood. They clipped another car. They almost killed a commuter that, that kind of stuff. And you start stacking that up like that person's not going to go back out on the road and go, all right, I got to walk the straight and narrow anytime soon. And, right. and that's, so you're, you're always going to have that statistic weighed by the, the number of people who are serial rapists who are caught and held without bond. Rapists especially who have a, a track record or they, they get DNA on them, you know, that led to the arrest. Right. They will hold them without bond. And that statistically is going to weigh the number of people who, I don't care how much money you have, you're not going to be able to afford the bond, even if the state it's, it makes you create a bond number. The the judge is going to try and, you know, get it outside the realm of where they can afford it um, because they don't want them out on the street because they know this person is a flight risk because they have nothing tying them to the community other than a rape charge or they're going to, you know, offend again because they know they're going away for a long time. So, you know, they're just going to do it. That's just what they are. Right. And, and you know, the, the issue Bundy. shows is that, I mean, look at, is that look you at, have. Look at Bundy. The, they gave Bundy all this wiggle room and he crawled out, you know, he crawled out a window and hid in the woods and all that kind of stuff. But when he broke away, final spree right. was horrendously brutal. And it was because the, the legal system, who knew full well what he was and who he was, decided to tap the brakes and try to treat him like a gentleman. You know, as they, you know, because there was a lot of flailing about that as well. And he wanted to, you know, maybe he's insane. So during the 70s and 80s, there was this big push, like what what it means to be clinically insane and responsible for your actions. It was a huge part of this. 
And so Bundy played that game very well. So did Gacy to some degree. And both of them, you know, you know, in, in the one case, Gacy was allowed to kind of just be trailed for a while until they were like, screw it, pick him up. But Bundy was able to come and go um, a couple of times because they were like, well, he might be ill. You know, and like, well, that's arguably worse. Right. You're talking about institutionalizing someone until you can judge whether or not they should be in a mental hospital then, if that's the argument. Because they can't, be, they can't trust themselves, why should society be able to trust them, especially when right. what they're doing is so egregious? I mean, part of this issue is, like, you have, like, the extremists on the both sides, where you have, you know, you have the people who are like, you know, we have to have it, you know, we have to continue how we're doing and no changes, and then you have the folks who are, we have to end bail altogether, um, and then people who, like, put together Kickstarters or GoFundMes to to bail out the guy that ran over people at that, like, Minneapolis parade or whatever. Right. Like, like yeah, I, you know. I mean... Let's let's be com- completely frank. There is no world where there are no prisons, no cops, or or no judicial system at all. Like the, it's an absurd non-starter, and it's insane. And it is if you want to talk about a white supremacist solution, um, right. there is no greater one than turning loose, you know, people, uh, criminals specifically because of the color of their skin, back into the communities they come from to kill more of those people and sexually assault more of those people and rob more of those people and harm more of those people because it's not their fault. And there seems to be, and I, I would say that the part of the argument that we see all the time that's kind of askew is that we talk more about the combination of race and crime when it comes to the perpetrator and not the victim. Mm-hmm. We, the, the discussion about it is never, you don't hear about, the number of black victims in this country on the same right. scale. We talk about the number of incarcerated black men, uh, you know, as part of the conversation as we should, but we almost never talk about the volume because most people attack their own in, in group. Right. Most people do. Right. Um, that's, that's a fact. And, if you look at the FBI, FBI that's, status, that's true. Right. <laughs> and if you, and if you statistically have more black perpetrators in jail, and you turn a statistically large number of those people loose, you will create statistically more black victims, period, end of story. If you, if you mm-hmm. did it in Appalachia with a bunch of redneck, you know, meth heads, you'd have the right. same effect on the, on the locality of, of eastern Kentucky. You would kill a bunch of poor white trash but at the hands of poor white trash you turned loose on them. That's right. true, period, end of story. And I think what will, what could balance this conversation, is that recognition of 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 black victims in this country, because the trauma a lot of times that trauma later more than being in jail and not being rehabilitated, that trauma leads to someone picking up a gun later in life, and the vast majorities of you know shootings that are going on city you know in cities right now that are, you know, interpersonal violence is, is, is vengeance and beast. And if you can intervene in that with the victims so that they don't pick it up, then you're, that person never asked to be a part of that crime. They weren't, they weren't the reason that crime happened. They were, they were innocent until it happened to them. And if you can intervene, intervene in them and keep them from, you know, 
turning their victimhood into an excuse to victimize, which is what we try to do when you intervene with sexual assault victims when it comes to children especially, because we know that children that are preyed upon often grow up to prey upon others. Not right. often. I, that's the wrong word. They, uh, the people it, it that happens. do prey yeah. upon people. Yeah, it, it happens. The people, people who do, do the people who are doing people. the praying, a lot of them were, were also molested as, as kids. Right. Not more most, more not, often yeah. than not. Correct. And so if you can intervene in those moments, get counseling, you know, protection, remove right. them from that situation, you remove the generation of, of sexual predators out of the system. That's how you do it. And there's, to some degree, a system of that with, you know, with victims in any impoverished situation. If you can intervene in that situation where the victims have some recourse. Because we always talk about, you know, um, when, when there's a murder in a, or a shooting or there's a, you know, a, a rise in gun violence, gang violence, we always talk about rehabilitating the gang members or the, or the violent felon or whoever they are. And it's an integral part of our conversation without ever recognizing that the person who was the victim themselves, society, I think, has more of a responsibility to them than we do to the, commit, the person who commits a crime. Well, I don't think because that's going to happen they, until our society takes mental health more seriously and treats mental health as, if, as, as it would treat any other um, medical condition, because uh, that, that's something that this well, country think, is uh, severely lacking in. Oh, well, I think we're closer to that than a lot of societies. I really do. I Perhaps. mean, we obviously think about it. The problem is, the problem is we, we are our own not wanting to stigmatize it, you know, the, the old road to hell is paved with good intentions moment. But, um, you know, we have, we have tried to destigmatize mental illness so much in the country that we have gotten rid of the majority of our institutions. I mean, Reagan de- famously defunded mental health in the country, turned a lot of people loose and ended up, you know, spiking I mean, he, he single-handedly created comic relief on accident because he single-handedly created the homelessness problem in the United right. States, the giant spike in it, you know. Um, and, you know, that's, that's something as a society we could recognize, work on, have a sense of reconciliation about, and, and focus on it. We have a lot of homeless people that are never going to be able to take care of themselves, and it is immoral of society say that just because a person doesn't have a relative or a loved one to say my relative is sick that society has to go well i guess it's gotta if they if they can't make it to the shelter we can't lock them up so they i guess they just we just wait for winter to take them right that's not right. what a moral society does no and well and i mean red you know right yeah i've shook my head at how the, the, the homeless are treated here in new orleans because it's often just so often just seen as a uh as just a nuisance or something like let's let's sweep it under the rug like you know there'll there'll be lots of you know tent tent areas under bridges and their solution during right. like big events is to just throw away all the tents so they can't be there anymore instead of like finding a a real solution to the problem. Well, again, you know the problem the issue is is that there's not one problem there's not one problem right. and there's not one solution. lots of different problems. You have yeah you have three main categories you have drug tourists. Um, people who want to live that way. They're like burning man on the street. LA has a lot of those folks. They're not there because they have to, they're there because they want to, and they're taking advantage of the support structure for homelessness, which good people in California create for the, for people who need them. 
right? That's a right. it's a growing number. That's that that is the that is the growth number in Los Angeles. You know the the rise in number from say 15 years ago to now. Then there are mentally ill people by defect and by drug use. People who have either been born with a with brain damage of some sort or mental illness or have created it through massive drug use. And those people are either rehabilitatable or not, and therefore either need to be institutionalized or cared for until such institutionalized until they can stand on their own two feet. But they're not. But they're going to die on the street of an easily treatable infection or an overdose if we don't do something. And then right. there are those that most people think of as the homeless, which is the people who fall through the cracks. That's that's the conversation most people have. People who missed rent too many times, got evicted, moms and kids, fathers and kids, you know, the uh, movies like Happiness, you know, stories of people who are just trying their hardest and then got swamped by society. That number is is the easiest to fix because it's the one we've spent the most money on. There are all kinds of programs. Getting people to that if they have an addiction problem is the only window. Shaking them loose from group two into group three. And then once right. they're in group three, give, giving them a baseline they can, they can work from. And, and then you just get at it and you tailor the programs you know, based on who's there. And then as you eliminate those groups, you take those resources and put them elsewhere. You don't just keep looking to find it like, like uh, you know, they used to do with like um, heroin dealers and users to try and break them in, in the Middle West. They, the irony is that they, somebody said at one point, um, they're only, we've gotten it down to where there's only two heroin, there's two heroin addicts, and two, two dealers in Davenport, Iowa, and they're all four of them are FBI agents. They're all faking because they've spent so much time. They've done it. They solved it. So now, but they, they can't just pack it up and go, okay, it's done. Um, so, I, you know, I, I think the complexity of the issue of homelessness um, and, the, and the inability for people to talk about it as such is, the, is why it dogs us. That was you. Yeah. Al. Okay. No. I thought. I thought. I thought, I thought we had lost it. We went really silent for a second. So. <laughs> nope. I was just finished talking. Um, ah, there you go. Happens rarely. <laughs> now, uh, and, and, and you know, a lot of times I interrupt more often. But I mean, you have such good things to say. It's like let me let's let Hal Thanks. continue talking. It's it's a it's right a on good thing. So one of the, on a more you know I guess non-serious note or whatever um sure. the reason we're doing this today instead of yesterday because normally it's wednesdays 8 p.m central um subscribe if you want notifications here on youtube um and uh because i went to a concert last night um you know and has there ever been a time where you went to a concert and the band like didn't play a song and that just shook like you know if i went to go see paul mccartney and he didn't play hey jude or uh, Live and Let Die, or if I went to see Guns N' Roses and didn't see Sweet Child of Mine, or if I went to go see Zero One and didn't hear the slow song, you know, I'd be disappointed. Right. Um, you know, That's yesterday, right. I, I went to go see uh, Primus, and Primus is, you know, first half of their show is their songs, and then the second half of their, sh- of their current tour is, is uh, Tribute to Kings. They're doing the, they did the entirety of the Farewell to Kings album for Rush. Um, right, right. And, but when they performed their songs, they did not perform Winona's Big Jerry Brown Reaver. Driver? 
They okay. didn't do that one either. One of those. Neither they didn't. They didn't. Right. They didn't do Jerry as director driver or Winona's Big Red Bremer. The only one that they did that I think had any commercial success was My Name Is Mud. And then like okay, one yeah. time, we, one time we went to Counting Crows. They didn't play Mr. Jones. It's like what? Right. <laughs> so. Right. Uh, oh, and here's the thing. I I don't mind if uh, if you don't play your hit. Um, the only thing worse than not playing your hit though is. Um, is doing your jazz acoustic low res, not quite the album version of it. Because if it becomes time during the set where I'm like, it's time for the hit and somebody brings an area rag, uh, area rug and two stools out, I'm going to burn the place to the ground. This is absurd. (laughs) I I will not. Like rush is, is, is one of my favorite bands, probably the favorite, my favorite band of all time. And when they would do Working Man, but did the first half reggae, I'm like, what are you doing? Just do Working Man. I want to hear. Right. I don't want to hear. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Well, they, they one, got. One they concert got stuck I went to. Yeah. One concert I went to, it they was got right stuck after in that reggae phase. Sorry. Yeah. 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 They got stuck in the that reggae phase. phase because of the police. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. But no, they they, like they were they got one, enamored by that. There there's one concert I went to, um, right after Hurricane Katrina, um, Bruce Springsteen came to Jazz Fest with uh I guess I think Pete Seeger and did the Seeger sessions stuff. So he did it was I saw him perform and he did completely all folk music. And it was it was show that he was gonna be doing all folk music. So I wasn't mad at that that I didn't get to hear, you know, Born in the USA or Born to Run or right. any of his other popular songs because I knew what he was doing specifically was not that. But right, yeah, like I, don't bait like, and I, switch I, me, right? Yeah, I like I went to I went to, I went to go see Paul McCartney. I would have been very mad if I didn't hear Hey Jude or Live and Let Die. I was happy because right. I heard both. And there's yes, oh, he knows just, what he's doing. He's not messing yeah. around. That's yeah. That guy. And I thought yeah. maybe you might uh, be in a band. I, might, I think since you you, you you have a band, you know, and I figured you may yeah. have an opinion of, you know, maybe a little different. Like, I know um, Adam Durst from Counting Crows was like, look, no song is, is guaranteed to be heard. You might not hear Long December or Mr. Jones. We want to play our new stuff. And I'm like, fine, but maybe be upfront about it. <laughs> Man, let me see your set list first before right. I buy a ticket. Well, in a lot of ways, that's what some bands do when they do the whole album front to back. And, you, and right. you're like, maybe they'll tack something on at the end. But at the very least, I know that the, we're talking about, I'm here to see Queensryche, but they're basically, this is a Rage for Order show. If I want to hear Mind Crime, I'll wait till they do that. And I don't right. feel disappointed that I'm not hearing Breaking the Silence or, you know, or I Don't Believe in Love. And, and that's, you know, a very similar thing. Um, and there's like, you know, like I said, I... I have a very a chip on my shoulder too about down tuning too much. Half step fine, full step. I'm something's wrong. It'll sound weird. It'll sound muddy. It'll sound like you know somebody put a quarter on the record. Um, and that you know it, we all have our own little you know wants and foibles. But ultimately, at, at at its root, I just go see whatever the band is doing. If I like them, that's that. Right. I just see and, them. That's, I'm, see, I'm there to see what they do. That's like Tori Amos. You know, Tori Amos is why I like enchiladas. 
And at one point, it's because uh, she was doing a show, and in the middle of the show, she stopped a song, and she just didn't feel like playing it anymore. So she stopped the song, and she just started another one. And she, uh, she, started, she played the whole song, and then it was great. And then uh, she goes, you know, sorry, sometimes the songs, you know, they, they push themselves to the front, you know, and it's just overwhelming. It's like, it's like when sometimes when you want to have an enchilada, you got to have an enchilada. And I was like, right. I, I need an enchilada right now. She like totally hypnotized me. Um, <laughs> give me the enchiladas. Yes, give me enchiladas. Um, no, they yeah, had a, so that was uh, the extent of it. Well, one time, like one time, I went to go see Rush, and it was clear, you know, that you know Getty Lee changed what went, went down instead of going up because you know he didn't want to strain his voice too much because he's getting older. Yeah. And I was like, okay, that's fine. You know, a little variance is fine. I don't need to be exactly the same as as what the record does because sometimes if you try too hard and you fail to match the record, it sounds terrible. Like I saw Def, Le- Le- right. Def Leppard in concert. And he tried and he failed, and it was just like, ooh, that, that's not good. <laughs> right. Well, you know, and that's and some people go through periods of that, like they, you know, it's a bad night, and that's okay. Right. You know what I mean? It's like watching it. It's watching your favorite team lose. I'm not going to not go to the next game, right? Right. That's the that's the sort of the crucial part of it. Again, don't don't just you know just drop the whole thing. Don't, don't just go. Ah, it's gonna, it's got to sound. It's not gonna sound anything like any of the reference. You're done. And I'm like, right. okay, well then, uh, then I'll go see a tribute band. Which is why when you know I perform with Nerd Halen, we we do these songs um, in the same key there are in the record. I don't right. down tune like any of the, if I do any of the Van Hagar songs. Um, right. You know, and it's funny because uh, Caleb and those guys are always trying to protect me. But they're essentially saying, you know, you know, if we if you need us to drop it down a little bit to make it easier, I'm like, okay. First of all, that's not what the fans came to see. They want it to sound like the record. Secondly, right. one of the ways you lose your voice is chasing down tuning, especially if you're a really high singer because you shift into chest voice and it ruins it forever. And I don't know why. But listen to Glenn Hughes from Deep Purple. That dude mm-hmm. can still sing like a bird every single note. Because he never down tuned, he never chased it. He just worked. Well, so it's like a muscle, right? You got to keep working it and practicing, right? Exactly. You got to keep it healthy. You got to, you know, uh, keep your your you know esophag- your esophagus clear. You can't get acid reflux and all that stuff. You got to watch the smoking or whatever else, and you got to have vocal rest and treat it like a like the instrument it is. Yeah. Here, right here, I'm talking about how like. You know about singing stuff. I'm, the best I do is karaoke. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Like, hey, that's a good thing. I, everybody should. I mean, I'm a, I'm a, I'm positive on everyone singing. The world always needs more music. Like I did um, after the drummer from uh, Foo Fighters died. I went. We did karaoke, and I went and did Monkey Wrench, and managed to get nice. the last part out in one breath. But it was, it was tough. <laughs> that's a tall order yeah yeah um but I, I just did my i did my hero at the jam on tuesday night at the at the whiskey um for ukraine relief um and we had done my hero when because we had we had a show the day he died um nerd halen did and so we put it in the set you know as a sort of a serious note but you know we just felt like we we must you know mm-hmm 
Mountain, Mountain yeah. Lady says, Vox yeah. Hal covering a Kiss song made about 10 years ago. Slow song. Can't remember the song. Do you remember what Kiss songs you might do? Like, is it Beth or? Oh, I mean, we did Shock Me, um, mm-hmm. All American Man. Um, we've covered, um, let's see, uh, Sure Know Something, um, Magic Touch. Yeah, I've done a few over the years. Nice. Yeah, I think one of the best yeah, best days, I'll, I used to do ride sharing like between between full-time gigs or whatever, and I sure. – uh, but I had some uh, some someone who was a singer uh, in my car, and I, we were talking about like you know because I was talking about singing and doing karaoke, and and how like I would never be able to hit the high note um, in like a stone, um, and she was like, "Well, just try and overshoot it," and I was like, "Okay," and I did, and it worked. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I like um, I'm one of those guys like every time they want to do a. Uh an audio slave song, everybody's like, I don't want to, you know, gargle clamshells tonight. So you do it. <laughs> right. So I always end up saying, and I, and I love it. And it's a portion of your throat. You just have to know and use, you just got to keep track of where it, it, that those notes live on your vocal cords and just play it like a xylophone. You have to like move up and down on your vocal cords, find them, do it as gently as possible. You know, I, I I do this thing when I have a really challenging song where I try to find a way to sing it as if I'm bored because mm-hmm. it lowers the stress level, you know, of what I'm doing and it keeps my throat from tensing up for one, which is oftentimes what will squeeze the note. And then from that point, I can find the easy breath points and, and you know, but if you're anxious about it and you're really selling the song right out of the gate, you're going to do yourself in. Right. Someone in the chat wants to know, Carl uh, Smith asks, ask Hal if he knows what venue the Ukraine Benefit video is playing, uh, the, re- the recording. Like, is there any way to see the recording of that night? Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, so they, yeah, they played it. It was a live stream. I asked Jess. She's, they're supposed to give me, they're sending me videos so I can post some of the stuff that I did. And then okay. I think they're going to do a, like, a replay link. They have to repost it, kind of like we did with the Sexy Liberal shows. It's not mm-hmm. quite the same length for tickets and, and watching uh, before. So, uh, and part of it's RIAA rules because it's a live show versus a recorded show. And we start sure. and we're doing, you know, it's all covers because it's a jam. So that's just how they, that's how they get you. <laughs> yes. That was a weird thing where one reasons where one of the shows that I watched uh, or one of the shows, one of my ex-girlfriends watched, I think it was Beverly Hills 90210 could not come out on DVD because when they made the licensing agreements with the music act, the show did not include a DVD medium of, 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 of releasing them. So I had right. to renegotiate all that stuff before it, before it came out. Like with me, like when I used to do the terrestrial radio type show uh, for, you know, when I did hypocrite of the week, it wasn't the the song that I use now. Um, uh, the, if, if I had a chicken um, song, it's yeah. which is uh which is free to use um uh, it was yakety sax and the radio station covered everything you know all the costs and like i can't right. quite figure yeah, out baseline right i can't quite figure out how right. to do how how to get yakety sax so i could do it on the podcast so that i can do it legally and uh and and not not have the ria coming after me or whoever might do might do it come after me <laughs> so i'm stuck with it right. if i have a chicken for right now until i can get 
like a huge, you know, some staff behind me to, to be able to handle all the other stuff. But that's, I think, a long way away. <laughs> Well, I, uh, I I don't know that that song from the original version. Um, I only know uh, um, uh, I is it Chibo Mato? I chicken. You got to know your. No, no, no it, it's it's That's, uh, it, it's just it's um. Hold on, let me let me see. It's the uh, it's Kevin McLeod who who does it. It's there's a link on on the show page. It's it's just it's just an uh, it's just an acoustic like. Dun, 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 like it's just very it's it's kind of yakky yeah. sax reminiscent but it's not quite not 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 quite there but i've made do right with it so because hey, i wanted to have my i wanted to have yeah. my bit having my bit was more important than keep than making sure it was only yakety sax so exactly um cool well i i, I you know we should all we we could all chip in and do a and re-record it because I think it's public domain. The song, it's just uh-huh. that one recording that's been around forever since Benny Hill that we all reference. That you know right. that's the recording. I don't know how many people have done Yakety Sack. Right. So just get it done. Get as, as long as it's, like it's in the public domain. It's like kind of like how Tom Lehrer released things in the public domain. So you can't use his recordings, but. You can have other people, I guess, record his music for you. So I could use Tom Lehrer's music behind the things if I wanted to. I just have somebody else record it for me, which would be awesome. Well, that's cool. So uh, one of the, one of my favorite, I guess, self brag musicy stuff is we were on a cruise one time and and they had uh, live band karaoke. Um, yeah. So where where you you do karaoke, but instead of having the the, the karaoke music behind you, you had the live band behind you playing the music. Um, and I think they went up a key on Living La Vida Loca because it got way too high. And I think they did it purposefully just to sure. F with me. Um, but sure. the other two songs I did was Wonderful World by Louis Armstrong and um, um, Take On Me. Aha. And like I do Louis oh, Armstrong. Yeah. I see skies and I do the whole thing like that. Yeah, right. And then I go, I get the high. And so one of the, the next day, the band, one of the band people stopped was like, how do you do that? How do you go from doing the Louis right. Armstrong to the to the high notes on? And I'm like, you're. A, I, 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 I'm like, you are in a day. I'm like, you're you're a professional musician. Why are you asking me this question? Like, you should know this better than me. I just like I just make sure right. to keep my mouth hyd- my throat hydrated. Like that's just how I do it. And then I overshoot and make sure that I get the falsetto right. Um, but yeah. So it was it was very weird being a professional musician asked me how how I do something musically. So cause normally right. I don't well, think I'm that well, good. Well, everybody you know everybody hunts for a better technique, and if they see somebody yeah. doing it with less effort than they do, like they might True. be able to do it, but they're like, is there a way I you know because you know the difference between a professional and an, an amateur is amateurs can do anything, but a professional could do it tomorrow at six o'clock and eight right. o'clock and ten o'clock. That's the only difference. Um, you know, amateur means for love. Doesn't mean professionals don't love it. They just love it enough to, you know, be able to deliver on demand. Right. So and yeah, it's, yeah. it's 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 I always I I've, I've come from like my my dad's side is a very very musical family. I didn't pick up all of the genes. I, I don't think where you know where like my my uncle like plays like probably almost any, any instrument can come to mind. My dad does, you know, cello, guitar, piano. Right. My grandfather I, I did that. Reassuring. I mean, so 
but but my thing is I, that I think... well my thing is that I think like because my dad's not a good teacher um that's why I probably didn't pick up as many 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 instruments or or pick up the instruments or be as much into music as I would have been had he had the teaching skills of my uncle and one time we were at a Thanksgiving meal or whatever and afterwards they're all four all sitting around playing music singing or whatever and my youngest son is sitting there strumming this toy guitar and it's like boom 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 and my dad is visibly getting frustrated at the fact that it's very distracting to him and my uncle's like if you don't let him play he won't remain interested and I'm like, this is why I don't right. play an instrument right now. This is why I don't play guitar. Right. Or I only play. I'm only, I can only right. play like three I songs do. on the guitar because I didn't learn how fully. Right. Well, you know, I, again, the reason they say play an instrument is because that's where it starts. Right. Some people can really work an instrument, um, but you got to learn how to play an instrument first. Right. But yeah, so yeah. I have I have a little half size guitar that they bought him, and you know I was trying to during the pandemic. One of the projects was trying to get him to to take like kind of these online lessons along with me, but the, it turned out his little fingers were still a little too small to, to fit the guitar, so I had yeah. to wait on that one for a little yeah, bit. But yeah, what you do? It's always a tough one scale wise, right? Piano yeah. is one of those areas where like piano, since it always stays the same size um, for the most part, it's you know you get, it just the spread gets easier over time. So one of the reasons you start a kid on piano is because it feels like stretching chords out is really uncomfortable, but as their hand gets bigger, it gets easier. Right. Which is not usually, as things get more difficult and you get more advanced, there's never a, an element of other instruments where it gets easier. And that's, that's, that's one of the upsides of piano, keyboard. Right. Yeah. Cool. Well, is there anything else that you want to talk no. about? Any other issues or anything else you want to you want to plug? Anything I, else you're doing in the next week or two or whatever that you want to let people know about? You know, uh, you know, just uh, infotainmentwars.com. People can come and watch the live show, and then of course uh, the the lovely uh, um, you know Saturday I do my radio show out of WCPT in Chicago, um, and it's uh, we live stream that as well on the same channel. Um, if people want to join my Twitch, uh, it's twitch.tv slash Sparks. That really helps a lot. And, um, and I have a Patreon like everybody else, patreon.com slash Sparks. And, and I, I believe in firing on all cylinders. I don't want to put the weight of my show and livelihood on one group of listeners to carry the rest. So I try to spread it out wider across multiple platforms, and hopefully it, it becomes less of a burden for people. If that is one thing I forgot contribute. to tell you that I wanted to tell you before you logged off. Because I was I usually watch you on YouTube, but for, I had your Twitch channel open um, and no, nothing was going on at the time. But then it was just still open on my laptop. So then all of a sudden I get this notification over uh, over the Alexa, which was Hal Sparks is coming from your computer. <laughs> it, it, it went live. Right. I just Hal your Hal Sparks coming from my office, and they was like, "What the hell is going on?" Like. Just That's awesome. talking from my office. So there you go. You yeah. got you got another view, I, I guess, on, on Twitch. Right. Awesome. Well, at least so I know now. I know now to just go. You know, Alexa, turn off the lights, and um, <laughs> I, I have control over your home. That would be hilarious if you so, were just if it would have been like Alexa announce whatever, and then if it would announce something from house from you, and I'd be like, whoa, that would have been cool. That would have been freaky. Anyway, again, thank you so uh, much. Yeah, I might. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks for having me on.
Oh, very much. Anytime, and, you know, hopefully see you again next month. And, uh, you know, again, infotainmentwars.com. If, 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 most of the people I'm sure in the chat already know infotainmentwars.com. I appreciate y'all for coming and, and listening to the show as well. Um, if you've liked this so far, like and subscribe to the channel. Um, and make sure if you haven't followed Hal yet at all the different places, just go to housesparks.com, infotainmentwars.com, housesparks, mega worldwide, yeah. every day, usually twice a day, and on Saturdays as well. Thank you so much again. It was great having you on. I look forward to having you on again. Thanks a lot, man. Okay, have a great I night. I appreciate it. You as well. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. All right, we are going to take one final little break. Um, allow me to get a sip of water or whatever, and then we'll wind up ending the show. Um, again, you know, we'll probably about five or ten more minutes. So if anybody wants to call in and talk about anything that we talked about, it's 914-803-4131. Uh, 914-803-4131. This is Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left. That's right. Greetings. This is Nimbus Josh, host of the Percy Podcast. What is the Percy Podcast? <laughs> well, it's pretty much the smoothest talking host you'll ever hear in your life talking about all kinds of things, political things, nerdy things, fun things, not so fun things. Go ahead, give a listen, and follow at the Percy Podcast for more updates and information. Why not sit back and take a listen to one of the best podcasts you'll ever hear and no one else will. <laughs> Catch you on the tunes. Do you want to set money aside for a rainy day? Do you want to open an account that will give you a savings bonus each month? What if I told you that you can get both and have a chance to win $10 million? Yada is an FDIC-insured bank, and when you go to yada.liberaldan.com, open an account, and make your first deposit, you will get 100 entries into the next weekly drawing. You will also get entries each week you have a balance. So go to yada.liberaldan.com. That's Y-O-T-T-A dot liberaldan dot com. Using gerrymandering, voter suppression, and other nefarious tactics, the Republican Party has manipulated our electoral system to maintain as much control as possible despite being a party in the minority. Liberal Dan Radio seeks to change that, and I need your help in doing so. Liberal Dan Radio has partnered with Levelfield to help us use tools that are typically only available to big money donors. When you go to stopthecoup.liberaldan.com and make your contribution, it will encourage other voters to reach out to their legislators to pass legislation to stop gerrymandering and voter suppression and target elected officials who refuse to protect the vote. Every eligible voter should be able to cast a ballot, and that ballot should have the same power as everyone else. I can't do this alone. I need your help. So please go to stopthecoup.liberaldan.com and make your contribution today. That's stopthecoup.liberaldan.com. Stopthecoup.liberaldan.com. Political advertising paid for by Level Field. Contributions are not tax deductible as charitable contributions. And welcome back to Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. This is your host, Dan Zimmerman, coming at you from New Orleans, Louisiana. To join the conversation, it's area code 914-803-4131. 
is 914-803-4231. We do with the caller, uh, so we'll get to that in a second. Just, you know, again, big thanks uh, to Hal Sparks for coming on the show. Uh, every episode we do with Hal is a great one. We still have about 20 minutes left in the stream before I have to take a hard break, but I figured if we, uh, if any of the people uh, still watching wanted to call in, talk about anything in particular, or just rate or rave about how wonderful Hal was on the show or how wonderful I was with Hal on the show or whatever, um, you can go ahead and do so. And, you know, or if you want to bring up another topic, we can cover that one real quick before we go ahead and uh, before we go ahead and end the show for tonight. So, you caller, what's your name? Where are you from? Hello. Are you talking to me? Yeah, I am. Yes. Really, truly? This is crazy. Yes. Okay. I just <laughs> well, want to say hello. Oh, hello. Yeah. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for calling in. I appreciate it. Uh, it's great to have, you know, lots of listeners joining in and, and contributing to the chat and calling in as well. I'd love to have it. I'd love to have the interactions with the people. So, I have a bit of de- a delay here, but I'm dealing with it. Um, big fan of Hal Sparks and just kind of a uh, – Wanted to say you did a good job with him. Just let him go. Yeah, sometimes that's one thing, Ada. You got to know when to interrupt, and you got to know when to just let it flow and let the let the let the car. And Hal just will. He is a wealth of information about a lot of things. Um, and Robert Douglas in the chat says you should trade Wednesday for Thursday. There's a lot of people watching. Uh, maybe, maybe hopefully we'll we'll see if if maybe Wednesday I'll come to next. If next time it might be on a Wednesday. So we'll see um, if it turns out that I get more people listening on a Wednesday than a Thursday. Let me know in the chat if you're more likely to watch on a Thursday than on a Wednesday, and maybe I will uh, change the date. I used to do it on Thursday as well. I used to be on Thursdays, and then I switched it to Wednesdays because I thought Wednesdays would be better. And Wednesdays also I had something that I would do on Thursdays typically. So I think that's why I ultimately ended up changing it to Wednesdays. But, yeah, in the um, – if, if there you are, are people really who... trying to confuse me right now, I, <laughs> you almost had me convinced it was Wednesday. Nice. Well, I thought it was Wednesday too for a second, and I was like, and I was like, wait, no, today is Thursday, but today is the day I'm doing my podcast. So, um, but yeah, exactly. so exactly. But everybody, yeah, let me know. Either let me know in chat or email me liberaldanradio at gmail dot com, um, and let me know if uh, anybody. Uh, if, if y'all would rather it be on a Thursday, because look, if y'all y'all are, y'all want to be my listeners and y'all want to participate with the shows and you want to, you, you if you're more likely to see me on a Thursday, hey, more than do it. Maybe I'll put up a poll on Twitter. Which when when are you more likely to watch uh, Liberal Day Radio? Hey, Liberal Day Radio know, on Twitter. When are you more likely to yeah, listen? How Wednesdays only or comes on? How comes on late on Wednesdays? Or sorry, I lied. How comes on late on Thursdays? Okay. It's his family friendly day. He he does stuff before the show, so he comes on an hour late. Okay. So he gets a slightly smaller audience, but it is his devoted audience. Right. But then that went that rolled right into my show, which but typically I know. So yeah. it was a great honor to you that he decided to come on after you. Yeah, I mean, look, the first time it happened, because this is the third show I've done with, with Hal. So the first time he came on, I'll tell you, I was, you know, somebody, you know, the guy who emailed me was like, would you like to have Hal Sparks on your show? Because he had gotten me somebody else on my show as well. And I was like, would you like to have the Hal Sparks? Is the post Catholic? I mean, 
yeah, absolutely, I would love to have House Sparks on my show. And then it turned out, okay. I, I only said, look, I said, come on for a half hour, whatever. We ended up talking for the entire the length of the show. We talked from like 8.30 my time to, to 11 o'clock my time. It was it was one of my best shows I ever did. And then he came on uh, the next time. He even took <laughs> stepped away from doing something to be able to talk to the show. It wasn't as long. But, you know, it, it, it the shows with Hal have been wonderful, have been great. He's very gotcha. informative, very informing. Assure your audience that it is really me. <laughs> It is. It is really. And, and what, what was your username? It is Wes. It's Wes. Okay. Yeah. So this is Wes. So Wes everybody Webb. say hi to Wes. Right now I'm one one fifty seven. One hundred and fifty seven. Nice. Okay. I'm well, an old okay. man. I was born in January of nineteen fifty seven. Nice. Yes. Aaron Wes is like. Is that? Is it Wes? I'm like. Yes. It's Wes. So there you go. It's Wes. <laughs> Most of most of the people that are on this list right now know who I am. Yes. Well, I'm very happy to know you as well. I appreciate you you calling in. Is there anything else you want to talk about or not really. I just wanted to tell you that you are truly honored, sir. I am not sure why Hal is choosing you, but it is a great honor. I was very happy to do it and I'm I'm you know, I think if we didn't get along as well as we did in the first show or the first two shows, he probably wouldn't be coming back. But I think, I think it's because we, we, we do bounce ideas off each other really well. I think we do get along about the things most things we agree on a lot of things. We might disagree on some, but you know, we, 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 we have a good conversation. about it, And I think that, I think that shows. So I'm very happy that, that he was able to do so. So um, I, I do appreciate you calling that little in. guy all the time. <laughs> Well, well, thank you again very much for calling in. Uh, I'll go ahead. I'm going to put you back on mute if you want to listen here, or you can just listen on YouTube as well. Either way works. Um, so yeah, again, you know, if you heard the little commercial that I played towards the end of the last commercial break, uh, I was talking about a lot. You know, me and Hal talked about how the Republicans are trying to steal um, elections, how they're trying to maintain as a minority party. Um, so one of the things I'm trying to do is work with this uh, organization called Level Field in order to try and fight the attempts, uh, gerrymandering, voter suppression, et cetera. So, and so you can go to stopthecoup.liberaldan.com and find out more information about that. If you want to support the show, you can support the show by becoming a Liberal Dan Radio patron. Uh, go to patreon.com slash liberaldan or patreon.liberaldan.com. Um, if you can't, you know, times can be tough. If you can't afford that, the best thing you do to support the show is just follow me on all my social media platforms. It's uh, Liberal Dan Radio on Twitter, on TikTok, um, Facebook.com slash LiberalDan, and there's LiberalDan.com uh, as well. Um, let's see. He says, how is a lot like us is passionate about politics, so we can go on and on? Absolutely. I mean, I can, you know, there are some times where I've done three-hour shows without guests, just just rambling on and on about subjects that just, you know, usually the plan is I'm going to do an hour show. I'll do an hour show, and that's it. But if there's more audience participation, it'll last longer. And again, most of my shows with Hal go at least two, two and a half hours. Um, I've done, I did a show. Um, you could look it up. It's on YouTube. Um, it's also on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, the, one of the shows that I did was uh, just, you know, because I am overweight. I, I, I've lived life as, as a large man for a while. So just kind of going over all of the different things that affect, you know, that people might not think about. I think that was one of my better shows as well. Um, you can go back and look at my past ones. I also have like short videos, like things I post on TikTok. I'll put over on YouTube as well. 
um, some of the things about Stop the Coup. Uh, I have the uh, I have a four-part video series about the GOP coup and how they worked up to, to the point where they were, at least before the 2020 elections. So there's lots of stuff to check out on uh, the channel. I saw everybody, if you're new to a liberal band radio, uh, I would just ask, just subscribe to the channel, check some things out, watch some videos at your leisure. Um, listen to some of the videos in the background. If you want to watch, listen to old episodes, especially with the ones with me and Hal, uh, I'd appreciate it. Um, Robert Douglas says, Dan, that's not true. What you said about Republicans stealing elections. Well, I mean, the Republicans are the worst, worst party when it comes to gerrymandering. There are Democrats who do gerrymander. It's true. Um, there are states like, you know, in some of my videos that I've posted up on YouTube, you know, showed how Connecticut doesn't have any Republican districts, even though their state population of Republicans should ha- have them have at least one. Um, and then Oklahoma's in way, just opposite. Um, Louisiana, yeah, but, Louis- but the Republican states are the ones that just are so blatant, except for Maryland. Maryland is terrible, too. Um, and they gerrymander more towards the Democrats. But Florida just eliminated two um, minority districts and added four Republican districts because of the, of the seats that they've gained. You have Texas. Uh, Texas um, had gained a seat or two, and the reason they gained those two seats was because of the influx of um, black, indigenous, and uh, other persons of color uh, into the state, uh, mostly black and Latino, uh, next people who are new citizens, new residents of the state, and that's why they got the increase in seats. But those two new seats are going to white conservatives instead of going to the people who helped them. So and when you gerrymander and you, when you when you, you it's, it's another form of disenfranchisement because you can't uh, you, you're not giving people the same say like here in Louisiana Louisiana is um, one third firmly uh, Democrat you know that's the floor in, and we have a, a Democratic governor who's a conservative Democrat so there's room for maybe one switched a swing district um, there's clearly enough for three if not four Republicans but the current way that the map is drawn they shoved all of the black voters into one gerrymandered meandering district that just goes up the Mississippi river. And the Democrats only have one seat in the state of Louisiana instead of the two that they at minimum should have. And maybe even three, if you consider the fact that you have enough voters in Louisiana to elect a democratic governor, not once, but twice. So even though it's a red state, even though we went for Trump, we still elected a Republican governor I mean, a Democratic governor twice. Now, granted, the first time that the, he won, he won against David Vitter, who we talked about earlier, the serious Vitter, who, you know, wore diaper with prostitutes uh, on the Canal Street brothel, supposedly. Um, he did admit to serious sins involving hooks, but he didn't admit to the diaper thing. Um, so he, so Edwards was able to beat him first, and then he had this guy called Gary Rispone, who was like Trump wannabe wealthy Louisiana businessman who was in over his head that did one debate. He looked like a fish out of water in the debate. He clearly got annihilated in that debate. Um, and that's why the state uh, decided to continue on with Edwards because of the fact that, um, uh, because of the fact that of that, but so but Louisiana at the very minimum should have two congressional seats that are votes for Democrats, but only vote one. So my say is diluted in half because of the fact that the Republicans have gerrymandered the state in such a way. Um, Jen, uh, Jen says, I will be checking out previous. I listen to all the work. Same with Hal. Most times I make sure they work. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, I had, yeah, Wes Webb is, is back off now. He's, he's still on mute, um, but he's there. Um, 
So I, I, I was just wanting to talk about the other stuff. If you have another question, you can hit the one. If you have something else you want to say, Wes, you can always hit the one button, and then I'll let me know that you have another thing to say. But we only have about eight minutes left in the show, so we're trying to close things up. Let's see. Illinois federal district maps are insane, totally favoring Democrats. Yes. Look, it's one of those things where both sides do it, but the Republicans do it much worse. The Republicans do it much like I think the Republicans have 12 more seats than they should because of their gerrymandering. This are seats that where, where sometimes the Democrats offset it. Like, you know, California might have more Democrats than they should, but those are offsetting the other ones. In reality, I think, you know, maybe the time is due to not even have districts, but I'm not even there. I don't think people are ready for that conversation yet. They have to understand how gerrymandering affects them. Look, in my video series that I started, you know, I was very clear. If you're a Democratic state and you're not representing your Republicans fairly, I'm going to be critical of you. And if you're a Republican state not um, representing your Democrats fairly, I'm going to also be criticizing you. So there you go. Um, says you're not going to remember this tomorrow. Funny. Um, Never a discussion without the racism involved. I mean, racism is often a valid thing because you have these situations where um, the voters that get, you know, disproportionately disenfranchised are black voters. Like, for example, let's take the Georgia law, uh, SB 202, the one where uh, people are not allowed to hand out water to people waiting in line. Um, you know, you can only get the bottle, you can only water from a kiosk. Like, I guess once you get in the voting precinct, they allowed for that. But you can't, like if if I was living in Georgia and I was waiting in line to vote, if my wife came up to me and handed me a bottle of water, that would be a crime on her part. So you can't get water handed out within 25 feet of anybody waiting in line. Problem then becomes is that the way that Georgia operates is that the people who are living in uh, the districts that have uh, majority uh, minority voters or majority black voters, those districts are more likely to have larger lines that people have to wait in. So it becomes then more difficult to cast a vote because now you have to wait longer in line than you might be waiting in one of the white precincts. So they haven't fairly and equitably managed to, uh, to handle the situation of making sure that the people in those black districts don't have to wait in line uh, too long. And then they're making it more uncomfortable with not being able to give them any water or anything if they, if they need a bottle of water. Then um, you have other situations like in Florida when, when Kemp was Secretary of State running for governor, uh, he, you know, disenfranchised, he kicked lots of people off rolls, disproportionate amount of people that were kicked off the rolls were black voters over, over white voters. And then the people that tried to re-register to vote, uh, they used a exact match system where let's say my, uh, somebody made a clerical error entering my driver's license, put a hyphen there, and I didn't put a hyphen on my voter registration, even though everything else is the same. Like if, if, if my name was Daniel hyphen J instead of Daniel space J and the state records had Daniel hyphen J and my voter application said Daniel space J, that's not an exact match. So then my voter registration gets tossed to the side. So you had a disproportionate amount of people, especially black voters who tried to re-register to vote in the state of Georgia when, in 2018 when Kemp was running against Stacey Abrams, who were not able to get to cast the ballot. Why? Because they were disenfranchised because they were kicked off the rolls, even though they lived in the same county that they lived in previously, and they were not able to 
re-register to vote because they just let they either let the application sit on the desk or they just flat out denied the application because the application had a not exact match enforced to a ridiculous degree. Um, I say two-party system was okay when it was 1800. The ability to communicate over many miles did not exist in efficient manner officially when it comes to election. Uh, that's one of the reasons why I say that maybe we don't even need congressional districts right now. Elect slates of candidates in states because congressional districts were needed because one person represented a geographic area and the amount of time it took to handle that geographic area was great. Now you can talk to everybody in a geographic area on a Zoom meeting and it could be a very, uh, it could be very easy to talk to people from from uh, your district, so you might not even need the district. You can talk to people in the state. You can cross your st- most states in, in the amount of time it would probably, you know, take to cross a very short distance in the past. So, you know, we have cars, we have planes, we have trains, we have the, we have the ability to, to to communicate much more quickly and to travel much more quickly. So maybe the idea of a congressional district is an antiquated one, but we only have three minutes left in the show, so I don't think we'll necessarily be able to go into that much detail about my idea for doing slights of candidates instead of congressional districts. Um, see, this will most likely continue to say losing its edge and not responsive enough to changing the world around anymore. Faulty two-party system is so our date. Um, you know, a lot of the things, the, the, one of the mechanisms that kind of requires a two-party system, okay, you, he raised his hand, so he has, you got about a minute, uh, so let's, let's put uh, Wes back on and see what, what's your last, last, before we have to end, what's the last point? Oh my, there are too many points, but I just want to tell you, I I am a rhino. Okay. I thought I was a Republican, uh-huh. but all of a sudden, I am not. Okay? But right. I'm definitely not one of those goddamn Democrats. So <laughs> what am I? Okay, uh, you you, you can be whatever it is that you want to be. That's what's great about this country. You should be whatever it is that you feel like you are. Whatever whatever you fit, you know, whatever fits should be, should work for you. I mean, I wouldn't call anybody a, a rhino or whatever. Um, but I mean, sometimes if you're not, and I'll go ahead and mute you for a second because we're about to end. If sometimes too much purity politics is played in partisan politics, and that's 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 one of the things. Or if you don't match up exactly you're shunned you're called a rhino or a dino and then you're you're ignored or shunned just because you you dare to speak one difference of opinion but that is the end of this week's episode of liberal dan radio talk from the left that's right uh we are at least on blog talk right i might be able to um oh no i don't know we could potentially last a little longer on youtube but um i'll be back next wednesday 8 p.m central uh blogtalkradio.com slash liberal dan uh, also, Liberal Dan Radio on YouTube. Again, if you like, if you haven't liked it already, like this video, subscribe to the channel, uh, support the Patreon, patreoncom Dan. Follow me on social media, Liberal Dan Radio on Twitter, TikTok. Um, not on Twitch yet. Maybe I'll do that. Uh, and Facebook.com slash Liberal Dan Israel. So next week, this is Dan Zimmerman with Liberal Dan Radio. Talk to the left. That's right.